This is another Red FM podcast. And remember, if you enjoyed this episode, for more podcasts, check out redextra.ie. It's full of great Red FM content. Mirror this morning, where's the summer we were promised? Would you chill out, chillax? It's only the 13th day of June. Ireland will miss out, though, on the UK bake off. And I'm not talking about the television show. It's just um, temperatures of up to, they're saying, 30 to 32 degrees. Apparently, across the water, they're getting this hot air uh, moving up from the Sahara. If we sent, uh, you know, if we took the Irish government with them out, outdoors, maybe that hot air would drive our temperatures up to 32 degrees. But they're getting it from the Sahara. Uh, but we won't get anywhere like that, which is unfortunate considering we're so ne- near. You think we'd get a kick in the in the heat stampede, but not so. Anyway, I suppose one of the reasons that the weather improves is because it's leaving our time. It always happens, doesn't it? What have we got today? Maths, paper two. And Irish paper one, apparently. Um, if it's any consolation to anybody heading out to do an exam today or a son or a daughter doing it, my daily calendar, you know, the one that you rip off page by page every day. Today it said to me, formal education will make you a living. Self-education will make you a fortune. Think on that. There's a lot of truth in it. Uh, as they used to say, what was the girl who was on The Apprentice Ireland used to say? Daddy can't buy you a cop on in Trinity College. I'll never forget that saying. It was one of the most greatest spontaneous remarks I ever heard. The gruesome death of these men uh, on Barrick Street makes the front page of many papers today. So we've got six men whose skeleton remains date back centuries. They think somewhere between the 1400s and 1600s. You know, the shallow grave in Nancy, Spain. Well, we do know now that they did meet a violent death, bound hand and foot. Uh, or as the osteoarchaeologist Neve Daly is quoted in the Echo this morning, they were not treated in a respectful manner. So there's more information regarding them and where they were buried, making both the examiner and the echo today and I will come back to that story a little later on this morning but to citizens who are still alive living amongst us sadly um, the IBAL Little Report has a good old lash at Cork or at least parts of it Cork City Centre Cork's North Side and Mahan have all been deemed and categorised as littered. And Councillor Terry Shannon is not happy with Happy with it, he says, there are some very dirty citizens who seem to think it's someone else's job to clean up after them, says Councillor Shannon in the front of this morning's uh, Echo. So, not great, unfortunately. We continue to have areas that are black spots for litter. Don't know, is it ever going to change? You know, societal... Uh, Patterns actually fall from one generation to the next. It's just not on. You know, you look at, um, you know, fines being issued for litter. Apparently, the Echo is saying that somebody's gone around and they put up numerous signs around the place with pictures of the Shroud of Turin and the word repent printed underneath and they've been put up on electricity poles in public locations across the city and the county. I'm talking about lots and lots of them. Now, each of those, if they ever found out who did it, and I'm not suggesting that it was right or wrong they did it. I don't know. It's none of my business, but it's deemed to be litter. Each of those would uh, impose a 150 fine per pole. Papers this morning pick up on a story that is just going to go from bad to worse, no matter what we look at it, and it has to do with cocaine. It has now taken over uh, from heroin and any other um, addiction substance as the number one problem facing addiction services in Ireland. The big growth, the highest number, the soaring number of people using it is cocaine. And, and if you want to look at other statistical evidence, the papers aren't short of any of that this morning. We are in the perfect storm of berserk 
price increases. I mean, berserk. And it's right across the board. Uh, I see this morning the financial guru Eddie Hobbs reckons that we'll go into recession by the autumn. If we're going into recession in the autumn, what in the name of God are we in right now? I mean, what would you call that? Pre-recession? Recession light? Early recession? I haven't a clue. It's bad anyway. And they break it down saying it's pretty much in and around 2,000 euro that you'll be spending extra on petrol and diesel uh, this year, according to one of the Red Tops. Um, and they also then in this morning's Red Tops break it down with regards to, I wouldn't even start on food because they literally have like column after column after column of all of the things you buy and you know green is a price decrease and red is a price increase I don't see any green in any of the stats or any of the graphs but it's it's the likes of your electricity and your, your fuels and your diesel and your petrol and accommodation services and trying to pay rent if you're a tenant you know increases in mortgages that are coming down the track work that you might need done on the home I'm not talking about extensions now or big look work, just home maintenance, things like that. You know, trying to buy a car, issues like that. Even if you were buying furniture or carpets and, you know, it's going out and having a meal or getting a takeaway or going to the hairdressers or a health thing that you might need or going to the chemist or beauty treatments, everything right across the board. And there are cracks now in the coalition because of this, because um, I was going to say fair play. I stop short of saying fair play to any politician. But according to the mail this morning, Leo Varadkar wants... Fianna Fáil to support him and Fianna Gael to support slashing taxes. Two beautiful words, aren't they? Slashing taxes. But by all accounts, apparently Fianna Fáil aren't all that keen on it. And that's leading to cracks in the coalition as Fianna Gael step up tax cuts drive. Uh, a lot of money, of course, that is ultimately paid out by the taxpayer is money that RTE have been losing with regards to defamation lawsuits. I know they had a few, but I didn't know they've had 29 defamation cases in the last six years. Now, defamation doesn't favour the brave in this country, unfortunately, but it totals in and around 4.7 million euro for 29 claims. Um, this was released under Freedom of Information. In 2020, there were seven cases alone, um, but we'll have to wait and see because there's another few coming down the track. I don't know whether the defamation case has been sorted out yet for Mary Lou McDonald, but she certainly has taken a case. And then um, here in, on Side, and I suppose in other counties besides us, there's a shortage, or could be, I'm told, a shortage of Hurleys. Wags might say we're not putting them to much use as it is in Cork at the moment, but a shortage of ash. For puck's sake, we not got enough trees to make hurleys out of it. Somebody said to me this morning they're making hurleys out of bamboo. What's going on? And if you have a few bob to spare and you're somebody who's, uh, you know, always interested in moon landings and, you know, Apollos and Challengers and Shuttles and Elon Musk, you might want to buy the American flag which was carried to the moon on Apollo 11. Starting price, 38,000 euro and destined to do one thing and that's like Apollo 11 go up the number one talk show in Cork if it's happening in Cork Neil is talking about it the Neil Prendeville show on Red FM a lot of stuff to do this morning including right across this week tickets for Elton John uh, right across this week your opportunity to scoop double passes so right across the week on this here program you'll be listening out for Elton John songs when you hear them pick up the phone uh, be caller 9 on 0818104106 and you're sorted can I also say that um, apparently and I wasn't there but I had friends who were at it Tom Jones who turned 82 last week at the Marquee put on the most incredible gig everyone that was at it was absolutely raving about it 
Um, and, and apparently, the audience and the fans enjoyed it, but I don't think they enjoyed it as much, I'm told, as Tom Jones himself enjoyed it. It was apparently incredible. Uh, the atmosphere were there, the atmosphere, the buzz, the crack, the love. Um, can you imagine still loving what you do at the age of 82 and never wanting to stop doing it? That's what people witnessed, apparently, uh, on Saturday night. It was sub- And what was amazing was there was people of all ages I mean, you know, there was from the very young, you were looking at people uh, who, you know, wouldn't have been around for a lot of the Tom Jones music, but probably heard it, you know, through their parents, maybe. You know, sometimes music gets handed down generation to generation. Apparently, it was the gig of the marquee so far. So, well done to Aiken, well done to Tom Jones. If you're lucky enough to be at it, you're part of history. Don't know whether you'll ever come back again. Who knows, you know, what's going to come down the track for any of us, but apparently it was awesome. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106 and we'll pick it up after the break. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818104106. Cork's Red FM. Louise, good morning. Hi, Neil. How are you? I'm grand. I was reading out a list, just a short list, a small example of the things that have gone crazy price-wise, you know, and a lot of it would be home furnishings, furniture, carpet, stuff you might need, just like your parents needed, right? Oh, stop. And um, on that basis, then, altogether. if you can't afford to go to a bricks and mortar shop, you might be you might be encouraged to look online. Is that it? That's it, exactly. Like, because everything's just beyond the joke with prices at the moment, like... So, so what was the deal? Was it, it up online? Yeah, was it was the old couch beyond its best before date? Like, yeah. Oh God, well before years, I'd say. You know, just try and get a kick up the bum and do something about it. Yeah. yeah so yeah. look, I suggested to look online because it would be cheaper in a sense and a bit more reasonable. What did you find? So that's what I did. Yeah, you you did so, it for them though. I think was it. Yeah, I did it, you see. Um, I was the one that looked on online. Um, I went on Facebook, and Facebook has a marketplace. And so when you search for It's called Facebook like I, Marketplace, isn't it? Oh, it is, yeah, it is. Yeah. You just look up in the marketplace on Facebook, and you kind of just put a suggestion in, and I did a, a couch, you know, a three-seater couch. Now, can so I, the, but, but, but did you say you wanted it to be new or, or second-hand? Yeah, like um, there's these places, that are, like clearance sale kind of furniture stores. Right. So like they would sell off a new couch and they'd sell it off like for a reasonable price, much less than you'd get inside an actual store. Okay, so they they claim to be clearance sites for furniture shops that are clearing out stock yeah. that didn't sell or they had too much of or whatever, but that they would be new. Exactly, that's okay. it. Okay, and, yeah. and your parents are elderly uh, and... Y- you know, we we sit. They're older, of course. Yeah, we, yeah, we, we like, might have you know. our back problems and stuff. They need. They we need. We all have our problems. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. Okay. Yeah, right. yeah. All right. So off you went anyway. When you saw this one particularly. Yeah, I saw this particular one, and you know the way you go, you message the place, see if it's available, um, the price, see if it's the right price. Like I said, on the site, they get back onto you then, and they tell you everything that you're you want to hear. Yes, it's available. It is the price it's supposed to be. Um, uh, yes, it's from it yes, it's clearance from a shop. Yes, it's new. Yes, okay. yes, yes, yes. And when you say a couch, what are we talking about? A tree Caesar couch. Okay, you know? thank you. All right. So yes. it was within the price range. How much? Um, it was four fifty, and then they told me it was five hundred for delivery. Okay, so an extra fifty, and you agreed yeah. to all that. Yeah, I said it to my parents first, you know, to make sure all okay. Showed them the couch; they were happy with it. You know, it was in their price range. Hmm. 
that's as much as they can afford at the moment. And to be honest, in the future as well, if they could ever get another one, which now they can't. So you agreed a delivery date. Yeah, we we asked for a delivery date. It was when they had the money available. I said it to the site that we were getting the, tr- the three-seater couch. They agreed to the date. And then they just kept kind of hassling us in the next few days about getting it down as soon as possible. Earlier, from up the country somewhere, was it? Oh, God, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They wanted it the next day. They wanted to drop it down. They just kept ringing my father like it was yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you just stuck said, to your guns. Oh, we had to, like, you know, we d- didn't have the money. You had to wait till the 30th. To and they're getting annoyed. That that they're getting annoyed that you won't move the date yeah. up. Yeah, I know. Okay. They got super irritated on the phone with us, um, even though they agreed in the first stage that they'd come on the 30th. And okay. Like, so, okay. Yeah. So, um, strange. you got the money together anyway. We had the money anyway Monday, and they came on the Monday and delivered it um, around 3 o'clock. It was very strange. He kind of just whipped out the couch quite fast. He, my mother gave him the money without were you, thinking. Were you there? I wasn't there. Okay. okay. Yeah, because if I was there, I would have checked this and all this kind of stuff first. Just, just with regards to the email that you sent me, let me just read this. It says, Monday came yeah. and they delivered a couch wrapped yeah. in cling film, so much cling film that you couldn't see the couch. My no, parents I gave cash see before seeing the couch, which clearly was a mistake. Um, and your man legged it in the van. He did. He pretty much said he had to run. He couldn't help my father bring in the couch or put it together. He said he, he had no time. He had to go for another delivery. But in the but back of the van, else. your dad said there was nothing in the van. No, there was nothing else in the back of the van. Okay, yeah. so did they have to drag this thing in then, is it? Oh, yeah, they had to drag it in. and My father has a bad back. And he had to put it together on his own. And when he put it together, he found out it wasn't the couch we wanted. And it was also a second-hand couch because all the part you sit on is sunken. Oh, my God. Really sunken. Yeah. yeah. It's a disaster, to be honest. Was it a three-seater? Yeah, it was supposed to be a three-seater recliner. Uh, because that's the only thing we could get online at the moment. It's not what they wanted, but... They said they just make do. Okay, so what happened next? What happened next was um, they showed me the picture. I told them, yes, that's the wrong couch. I got on to the company, um, messaged them on Facebook. They didn't reply. I messaged them again in a half hour. They blocked me. So now I couldn't even message them or look on the page I bought it on. They blocked you from the page? Yes, they block me from the page and then you can't send any messages then back to that company once they block you. So, But you did talk to somebody over and over on the phone, yeah, I believe. I remember my father said that someone rang him a few times from a number about delivering it earlier. So, so you, I asked him to give me the phone number. Yeah. And I rang that person then a few times. Right. Tell me First about those, what rang, were those conversations like? Oh, they were awful. It was a woman that answered the phone. She didn't want nothing to do with me once she found out it was my my par- parents' couch that they delivered. She said that she talked to me later that day, hung up on me real quick. Didn't give me her name either, by the way. And didn't want to hear a solution or anything like that. I said, okay, so you will ring me later so we can figure this out. Because at that time, I was like, okay, maybe we can 
change for another couch. If not, get a refund. But you 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 bought on behalf of your folks a new couch. Yes, a new they, couch. They, was it a new couch? No, it wasn't a new couch. Had, had it collapsed? Had it collapsed yeah. cushions and springs and everything? It's kind of like a full back, and all the all the bottom of it was all pushed down. It was it was like someone was sitting on it for a year and a half. You know, it's it's overused. It's 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 not new. It's a pile of secondhand it's crap. A, yes, it's it's worse than the couch that we had at home. It's something that somebody somebody something that somebody threw out or got rid of, it's, or it's yeah, a it's company ridiculous. who went and collected stuff from a house that no longer needed it and took it away for free. I know it's crazy. Actually, okay. you know, when I when I think about it, I should have really thought about it more before I decided to go on to this site. Well, you must be gutted over oh. it. But, so anyway, you're getting nowhere with ringing and ringing and ringing. I was ringing for four days straight. She never rung me back once, by the way. I gave her four days of a chance to help me out, to give me a refund, to try and sort out this problem. She had no interest whatsoever. The last time she, I rang her back was four days later. And I said, look now, you're just scamming me now. I know this now. I said, I, we want a refund. I've said it many times. I've said, my parents are devastated. I've done this for them. It's all turned out wrong. I goes, it's a big mess. And she, she was literally just going, I, I'm not listening to you. There's nothing, there's nothing I can do. I can't get onto the fella that dropped this. Um, look, that's it. There's nothing else I can do. And just hung up the phone on me. Okay. And was that the last conversation you had oh, with yeah. her? Yeah. Yeah, she blocked me then after that. Can so she block no you from her? Oh yeah, she blocked you from the mobile then. Yeah, so okay. I can't ring her anymore. Okay. Well, they haven't yeah. blocked us, and, and we're calling them. So it'd be interesting to see what they say to us. Yeah. Yeah, that'd okay. be great. Uh, how do your parents feel about this? <laughs> oh, they're devastated. And you know, the worst thing is, is because I was the one that found this place, and I'm the one that suggested it. And I was like, oh, this would be great for you. It's cheaper it's more reasonable and it looks legit and they trusted me and then it all just went to hell factory clearance um showroom clearance all that kind of language is used of course but But you get a picture and you're showing us and it looked like a new couch in perfect condition and it says this in the description and it was nothing like that and it wasn't the couch at all and it was a different colour it was just anything it was just anything and and I suppose the significance of it as well is that they wrap it in cling film so much oh my god yeah when they told me about it my parents they were like you couldn't even see the couch I was like what oh yeah and he said my my mother said it took ages to get the cling film off it couldn't even see it what are they going to do with it there's nothing they can do they're stuck with it and is it really true it, like, that you couldn't find a three-seater couch new for 400, 500, for 500 euro, no? No, it's ridiculous out there now, you know, Neil. Really? You can't get nothing anymore for that type of like, money. What would you be paying? And when you ch- oh, you'd be paying like nearly a thousand, maybe. And I've you've seen, done all I've of the research. Paid. Have you gone around to all of the different furniture shops? I mean, we've been to a lot of furniture shops. They're all really high priced. There's nothing around 500 euro at all. You must be miserable, though, because it, you, made the, you made the contact. Yeah. I'm sick to my stomach about it every day since it happened. Like I wish I could help them. I wish I could fix the problem. I wish I had money so I could buy them a, a treat either. There's nothing I can do. I don't have the money. 
Are they sitting they in it? Like, uh, go on, sorry. No, my mother can't sit in it because it's worse on her side and it hurts her psoriasica. So she's just sitting on one of those table chairs, you guess. All of the time. Sitting. Yeah, she's just sitting on that every night when she's watching television. <laughs> oh, God almighty. Uh, they never I think know. of the consequences of their actions, you see. I know, I know. And I feel like a fool because you know the way that you trust the site. You're putting everything on with those people. And I checked it and I thought it was a legit site. And now I just don't trust these sites anymore. I don't trust Facebook Marketplace anymore now. I just don't. Yeah, I mean, it, it can be like the Wild West, can't it? You can just set up on Facebook Marketplace and away you go. I know, yeah. There's a load of easy ways to get people like like what happened to my parents. And tell me this, when you went on to this site and looked, were there any comments about from customers on it? Yeah, I don't think so. There's no. a lot of comments underneath the couches, though, do you know, that kind of way, oh, how much and all this kind of thing. And then they'd like message them. But I no testimonials from anybody saying. Yeah, oh, in hindsight, it was probably a huge mistake because there wasn't a lot of, re- there's no reviews. There's not a lot of people that can comment and all that kind of thing. It's just, you know, you see a page, you go into it and there's all these different couches and all this furniture and I have seen it there for like I say six, seven months, and I thought maybe oh, okay, it's been there for a while maybe, now. Yeah, maybe somebody listening to us right now will tell me, you know, chapter and verse as to where they get this from. Is it just couches, or is there like dining room sets on it, all sorts of things like that? It was a lot of other stuff. It wasn't just couches. There was armchairs. There was tables, uh, bedside tables, and you know, a lot of other things. But it was just couches that I was mainly looking at three seaters. And I just saw a lot of that. There's a lot of the a lot of them do these. I'm not saying that this crowd do. But oh yeah, a, a lot, no. a lot of them, a lot of them do pickups in homes where people no longer want something and they come along. One, there's one in particular that I dealt with on air. I had no luck with them. There's an awful bunch of chancers and they went completely to sleep. I never got anywhere with it. Um, where they were, um, uh, they were saying that they were collecting. Um, for charity shops and that turned out to be a load of rubbish they were coll- going around with vans collecting from people's homes taking away all the stuff you didn't know didn't need and then they were selling it on Facebook Marketplace claiming that they when they go to the house they'd say we're taking it away it's for charity shops rubbish it was God, lies that's a joke yeah I know that I mean, awful yeah, yeah, yeah. you literally can't trust anyone anymore like so if if we could get your money back that'd be something Anything. It's just, I know it sounds like, listen, it's, look what she did. She has to live with it now and she has to figure it out herself. But if, if I could get the money back even, just to give them what they, they've lost. Because I know every, everyone has their problems, but with everything going up in prices now, to lose 500 euro and have nothing for it Well, now, that's one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you, Louise, because a lot of people will turn to things like you did because they're just strapped for cash and they'll be looking for a bargain or something cheaper, you know? That's what I was trying to do, you know? Because the petrol's like, oh, gone up, diesel's great. gone up, food's gone up, everything's gone up. Everything has gone up. Oh my God, the diesel and the petrol is a joke. It's gone up so much, it's insane. <sighs> Okay, okay, let's let's see what they have to say to us. Why, why don't you try and ring them from another phone, just out of pig iron? But literally have nothing. I, I, I've thought about that, but I'm like, what am I going to say to them? They're, I don't have a name. I don't have a location. They're not going to give me the money back, and they're not going to go and take this couch back and give us a refund. I've tried her so many times. It's just wasting my time. 
Yeah, I know, you know? I know, I know. They, they, they know what they've done. They're not going to do anything about it. So I even if Revenue me. tried to chase down a company like that, how would Revenue yeah. even find them, I suppose? They can't, sir. They're, they have a page. There's nothing about it for where they're from. They're, they're getting couches from different parts of the country and they're dropping them to you, do you know? You can get a receipt or an invoice or anything like that, you know? No, nothing yeah, like Revenue that. Revenue could catch them if they set up a sting. If somebody from Revenue were to ring yeah. these companies and say, I want to buy a couch... And then when they come and meet them... <laughs> I'd love that. That yeah. would be amazing. I've had things in my head about trying to catch them out. Like, it would be great. Okay. Well, they get away with it. So, I mean, it's insane. Let like. me see if anybody has other stories like yours to share and if they've been stung. And also, um, perhaps somebody will maybe uh, tell me exactly how they operate. I have a fair idea, but I want to be accurate as to how companies like this work. And finally, let's see what they say to us um, and... Uh, I'll be back to you then as soon as we've had the chats with them. I wanted to chat with you uh, before we contacted them, but we're on the phone to them now, see what they have to say on the matter, all right? But she's not going to say nothing about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She could, she could blank <laughs> us the same as you. She will. But we're talking about, we're talking about elderly, happen. we're talking about elderly pensioners uh, sitting on older. kitchen chairs. Well, not elderly, Sorry. but older. Sorry, okay, all right, you know. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but certainly and, 450, yeah. But 500 still, still right, like, you know, they yeah. work every day, they deserve to sit on a good couch and all that kind of work. I would have thought you'd have got a five, three-seater couch for 500 euro. I must be living in the dark ages. I literally have not, haven't seen it anywhere. Okay. You know, okay. I haven't. All right, no. hang in there. Don't give up hope yet, all right? Thanks so much. Take care for now. Cheers. Thanks, Thanks for sharing. Thank Appreciate you. it. Okay. Bye. Thanks, Louise. I wonder if anybody else had uh, issues with companies like that. I know on the air in the past, I've spoken with people. And I think the last time also had to do with house furnishings. Um, and that was about 12 months ago. Um, Facebook Marketplace, of course, can be the absolute wild west, um, you know, untraceable a lot of the time. But they're working very much outside the law. And it must come as an awful annoyance to people who actually set up legitimate businesses and do the right thing and go through all the right protocols. Uh, paying their VAT, paying their taxes, paying their staff properly, you know, having a showroom um, and then offering good sales and after sales, not selling cheap, tatty secondhand stuff as new. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. I'm going to stay with the phone lines. Um, I do from time to time get the odd handwritten letter. I love when they come in, the old fashioned letters. And I want to say uh, thank you to, uh, to Claire for that. Claire, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm very well. And when you put pen to paper, you are very annoyed. Oh, God almighty, yes. Yeah, unbelievable. You wouldn't believe it unless you were there yourself. Well, you said um, you were there. Just talk me through it, because we were talking about weights in hospitals and A&Es last week. But it was, the, it was the manner in which they were managing the waiting. Go on. Yeah, I, I remember there a few weeks ago, you were saying that people were walking out of A&E. And I actually thought they were walking out before they, they saw the nurse to get into A&E. But it's actually when they're after seeing the triage nurse and moved in to see a doctor, that's where they're walking out of. They're walking out of all of the above. Um, you were in on Friday the 3rd and Saturday. That was the last bank holiday weekend, yeah? It was, yeah. Yeah, yeah the Friday. Okay. Um, I arrived at 10pm. I had to go to South Dock first at 9 o'clock. Now, in all fairness, she was closed at 9 o'clock in McCroom and she waited for me because I was in chronic pain. Stomach so pain. She, Yeah, stomach pain. Now, I have this problem with a few years because I had an operation for okay. the same. Yeah. 
Yeah. And um, we arrived into South Dock. Now, I've, all the years I've attended doctors, I've never heard a doctor curse. And this doctor cursed. She, can I say what she... Well, she said to me, oh, sweet Jesus, your stomach. It was so swollen. I was like a pregnant woman. That's how bad it gets. That's the nurse in South Dock or the doctor in South Dock? The doctor in South Dock. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so she said, go, you have to go straight in and you'll see a consultant and they'll do a scan and this and that. So in we went and we arrived at 10 p.m. Um, my husband came in with me, but he wasn't allowed in. There was a gentleman and a security guard there, and there was a sore as be damned altogether. And I was given a ticket to sit down and wait for the nurse. So um, I was seen kind of fairly fast after that. But the minute I went into that girl, um, I, I couldn't stand up straight with the pain. So you'd know someone was in pain because I was bent over. And... I said to her, I have to get pain relief because I, I can't stick this. And, well, I have to take her blood pressure and the blood sometimes. But what at, what at, at what stage had, did somebody say to you, be a while because there's no doctor on? Oh, no, this was, this was later on. No, at oh, the no, desk, okay, you're jumping around the letter. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Um, at the desk, the, the, the security guy told my husband she'll be at least five hours. This was before I went into the nurse. So I went into the nurse anyway, um, and um, she took my blood pressure, and I said to her, um, I, I, I felt sick. So what I had in my bag was actually a, a dog's poo bag because we have two dogs and I was going to get sick into that. And she turned real narky and she said to me, well, your blood pressure is fine. You think they're obsessed with blood pressure, do you? Oh, my God. Almighty. Blood pressure, blood pressure, blood pressure. I sure as hell your blood pressure is going to go up inside that cliff. Yeah, yeah. So um, I was taken to a seat and I was told that I'll be seen shortly. And when I went down there, it was fairly quiet, and I thought, oh, thank God. So we was, I was sitting there for three hours, no pain relief. I was up and down to the desk telling the nurses, I have to have something. Now, when you spoke to the nurse at the desk as well, looking for pain relief, they didn't even lift their head off the table. They were all writing. They never made eye contact. And I wasn't the only one up and down to the desk looking for pain relief. You know, right? you know that, that, that unfortunately they have to literally write every single thing down of every single person to cover everything so that there's no issues in the future. That's all the waste of time on writing things down. I'd say they're as fed up of writing things down as you are watching them writing things down. But anyway. Yeah, but you know, Neil, there's nothing really much to write about because you haven't been seen. I'd prefer, I mean, I know, but I'm mean, just saying that if I was in the medical profession, I'd much prefer to be dealing with people and eyeballing people and sorting out the things that I trained to do rather than taking pleasure of ignoring them and writing things down. Do you know what I mean? I don't think it's intentional on their behalf not to help. Yeah. So it was one o'clock, I finally, 1 a.m., I finally got pain relief, falsidine. And then blood pressure again at 6 30, still no doctor. 8.40, still no doctor. Then at around 9 o'clock, there was at least 20 patients. Is this in the morning now? 8 a.m., yeah, 9 a.m. All through the night, okay. All yeah. through the night, yeah. sitting on that chair. No movement whatsoever of a doctor. Because you were told there was only one doctor on duty, is it? Yeah. On the I Friday night of a bank holiday? A Friday night of a bank holiday, she said, you're going to be a while because there's only one doctor on. Now I've got to tell you that the, the triage nurse told me... Um, she said, um, you're going to be a while because there was no doctor on last night. That would have been the Thursday. Now, whether that's true or not, I don't know, but that's what she said. There was no doctor on last night. So 
so the Friday was bank holiday. Did you ask, one did you doctor. ask why? No? I, I didn't because mm. I didn't know how bad it was inside there. Right? So Friday night at the bank holiday, one doctor. And there was only one doctor because I was watching him where I was. Yeah. And there was people unbelievable, in shocking pain. And there was... So tell me about those that were around you, because you told me in the letter. Yeah. There was a gentleman from... He drove from Middleton with a suspected stroke. He drove himself? No, his wife drove him. He had all the the symptoms. On the way up, he told me that he had to get his wife to stop the car because he, he just thought he was going to die, and they rang for an ambulance. And the ambulance told him to continue because it would be 45 minutes. Just go straight into A&E. So, yeah, um, yeah. the gentleman next to me then, he had a, a, a swollen ankle, and eventually after 20-odd hours, he was left go home, but there was no bandage on it. So next to you was the suspected stroke, yeah. heart attack, blurred... There was a lady with a heart... Yeah, she had a mild heart attack. Blurred and, vision and many, yeah. many chronic vomiting patients. Yes, there was a woman in front of me. She was just constantly vomiting in pain. But that's what happens, Neil. When you're in chronic pain, your body just goes into shock and then you just start vomiting. It's just, okay. it's just all part of it. So you went in at 10 p.m. and this is around 8 in the morning. And at some stage then on that Saturday morning, a nurse said, um, you'll be waiting 16 hours. <coughs> yes. No, this was uh, 4 p.m. the following day. 4 p.m. on Saturday. I went in at 10 p.m. Friday night. Yeah. 4 p.m. on Saturday, we were told, she said, from the time you get into A&E to the time you were seen by a doctor, it's at least 16 at hours. At least. At, at least. least. Yeah. 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 And were people leaving? Oh, they were. Uh, when she said that, if people were, were hearing it and then other people were telling each other. And with that, a lot of people just walked up and left. So that's what the 16 hours kicks in when you get through A&D, not before it. Those hours are not included. Yeah. Mother of God. So people just left. Oh, they did. They just got up and left. And there were, there weren't people like, say, that just came in with a cut finger. These were genuinely sick, sick people. Did the they suspected stroke leave? Did the suspected heart attack leave? Did any of the well, chronic vomiting patients yeah, that, that particular gentleman, the, the suspected stroke, he went up to the desk four times. And on the fourth time, he started roaring above the desk. He demanded to be seen and he wasn't leaving the desk. And he was seen. Yeah. The, the, the lady that was vomiting, she was up and down all night, screaming in pain, begging for pain relief. And <clears throat> she did the very same thing. She went up to the desk and refused to move. Until she was seen. Any security come anywhere near them at any stage saying, you know, you no, need no, to sit No, yeah. no, 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 okay. no, no. Okay. And then at about 12 o'clock that night then, um, I'm sorry I didn't record this, it, the, the whole place for three and a half to four hours went dead quiet. There was just complete and utter silence. There was no doctor, no nurse. It was like as if everybody was treated and everyone was asleep and happy. But no one, was, no one around you was being treated? No, 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 no. Where did all of the staff go? That I don't know. I'm sorry I didn't record it. It was just dead quiet. For how long? Four hours. Three and a half to four hours. Good God. So, when it got to Saturday night then, you had all of the Saturday night patients coming in. You had, yes. Right. And 
there was one young girl, God love her, I'd say it was her first time in a She was bent over in two in pain and she was on the phone, I'd say, obviously, probably trying to tell someone how long I'll be. And she just asked the nurse as nicely as could be, nurse, do you think I'll be long? And she turned around and she said, my dear girl, they have to see your today's patients first. The attitude was terrible. Yeah, it's not a great way to address somebody, I have to say. It's not, no, and like, as if people want to be above in a Nobody wants to be up there. So, 25 hours later, sitting on a yes. chair, what happened yes. eventually? I was seen by a doctor, 25 hours. Now, three hours before that, I was told I was next. You're next. She said this, and my name was up on the board at the desk. You're next. And that, but three hours later again, you had to wait to see the doctor. Now, in saying that, I saw where the doctor was treating the patients. It was inside in a small little room, and each patient barely got two minutes each. I wasn't inside in that room two minutes, and I was seen after 25 hours. And he said to me, I'll send you for an x-ray. Another two hours waiting. Down to the x-ray, no one below. No cues, nothing. Staff there, though? Oh, there was a girl there to, to x-ray you. That's all. But there was no cues, no people waiting, nothing. So you, so you were in there. What, what do you make of all of that? Why do you think it, like, why are you describing it this way? Like, if, if it's, there's no staff, is it? There's no staff, but I blame the management. Like, God, Neil, if you went into a shop on a Friday of a bank holiday with five girls, we'll say, stacking the shelf and, and one at the, at the till with 30 people in a queue, she'd be slaughtered by her owner. Yeah, but I mean, it's why? It's management. Like, who, who would make a decision that there would be skeleton staff inside in the A&D and through the A&D system on a bank holiday weekend. Exactly. Exactly, yeah. I, it's, it's total negligence on behalf of the HSE management. I'd, I'd love to see them. I'd love to have a chat with them. And I, I, I'd love to see Michal Martin or any TD sit in a, a hub, that's what the nurses call the chairs, a hub for 27 hours with zero attention. I haven't a clue what's going on. You, you were aware they asked people who had kind of minor issues not to go to A&D and to go to South Dock or their GP or the Mercy Medical Care Centre. That annoyed you as well from what you saw in there? It did, yeah, because what I saw inside were not minor issues. These were very sick people. Honest to God, I, I never saw the likes of it. They were sick, sick people. Did you get fixed in there? No, no. I, I was told to get, uh, go back to my GP. Uh, but surely you were, more than that happened. No, I, I, I was given an x-ray. And what uh, my problem is, it would be blockages, adhesions. And if, if they get blocked, like you, you have to have another off. But you're, you, you have been dealing with your GP. You know, South Dock are GPs. They sent you to the A&E. Oh, they do, yeah. You're but telling me you that the A&E just sent you back then? Yes. After 25 hours? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So you needn't have bothered going at all if you... Well, uh, no, I, I, I did because he did give me... He put me on the drip to, for, to line my stomach with some liquid. That helped an awful lot. But after that, I was discharged. And go back to your GP. To refer me to maybe a, a dietitian or something to kind of change the diet. You know, it might be celiac or... You know, so I, I'm getting those bloods done tomorrow. Right, so, so did, you, did you have any reason at all to go in there in hindsight? In, in TNE? Yeah. Oh, Lord, I did. Just oh, I did, because I had the surgery about five years ago. No, I'm not saying you, but for the, for the good it did, I'm saying. 
Oh Lord, no, I'd advise no one. I'd advise That's... anyone. Don't go near the place. Don't go near the place. Even if you're and... doubled up in pain like you were. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd like, I actually think GPs should have x-ray machines in their offices. They, they, should, they should upgrade the GPs. Could save an awful lot going to, to That's so true. If, they, up, if they upgraded is, their medical yeah. equipment and tech or got grants or something to do all of that, but then would yeah. they be able to get the staff, you see? They would, yeah. yeah. W- would it, they? I don't know. But like, I, I, I even said to my husband, I'd advise anyone to call to the vet on the way up first. Actually, you know what? You're not a million miles away from the truth there. I have an email which I'll read out in a few minutes' time that there's no shortage of vets and there's no sort shortage of surgical vets. If you need work done on your pet, it's usually done, if it's very chronic and urgent, straight away. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's not yeah. happening with humans. Oh, it's not, no. And, and they treat you like as if you were a nuisance, do you know? Sit there now and somebody will come to you soon. And, you know, no offer of water, no offer of pain relief. You have to beg for pain relief. And then they come down to you with a little tub of two tablets to take and now no drop of water with it. And what do you do for food? Oh, they, well, it was the following day I got a sandwich. After how long? Oh, Lord, I'd say 20 hours. So another warning for people is bring food with you and bring yeah. water with you and bring enough food to eat for a 24-hour period, at least. Water, phone charger, food, magazines or craft, bring something because did you see the picture? I sent you a picture of the chair and a picture of a young no, lad sitting I, I on a chair. No, I didn't get that. No, I just got your letter. Oh, I emailed the, the pictures to you. Um, there is, you're inside a little hub and on either side of you is, is Perspex. Right, and you're looking straight ahead. You can't look left or right because you can't see anything. So you have no vision left of your right of it, just in front. No, no, no. Bring it, so you no, want no. to bring a book or a laptop? Yeah, I see it. Yeah, I see the picture. It's it's just a a hardback chair. Yeah, and I t- I really thought about this uh, when um, I've had four operations, so I've been in and out of different hospitals, and the the outpatients department in the Mercy is second to none. Uh, outpatients, they go into this big room and you have, say, four consultants inside there and there might be 80 people inside the room. And each person then, each patient is seen by their particular consultant. It should be like that in in the regional where mm-hmm. they'd have, say, two consultants on and they'll check you out and they'll decide whether you need to be admitted to A&E. Oh, no, things are, are bad. They really are. It's and very bad. A lot, of it has, a lot of it has to do with staff. Somebody says to me, here's one for you and your team. Elmwood, Elmwood, Elmwood Medical Practice in Grange have issued letters to patients to say that a consultation will now be limited to 15 minutes and thereafter additional charges will apply. I haven't seen the letter myself, but I know factually they exist. I don't attend there. Um, obviously, I don't give up my details. So we checked their, their website. And they're, so, they're sh- so tight now for staff and doctors and nurses and medical practitioners that they've had to put up on their website. Each appointment slot is now 15 minutes. And all doctors try their best to keep this arrangement. If you require more time, I suppose that means more than 15 minutes, um, yep. i.e. if you need several procedures or have a complex issue to discuss with the doctor, it may be necessary to make two separate appointments to cover you. That my, 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 learn, my understanding of that would be you'd have to book two 15-minute slots. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Now, that's a new one to me. 
Now, the, the nurse that told us, I, well, because I actually asked her what the hell is going on in here, like, because there's nothing happening. And she's, she's the nurse that said to about the 16 hours. And I, I said to her, but looking around, I said, what if three people just suddenly dropped to the ground? They're so sick. She turned her head away. See, she's heard it all before, I'd say. She has, see, yeah. But what would now. they do, you see? What yeah. would they do, know, three like, people? They don't, they don't want it that way either, Claire. You know what I mean? They just don't, like. Who's going to work under those conditions? And who rosters staff on a bank holiday weekend as badly as that? That's what I'd like to know. I'd like to meet that person. All right. Okay. Okay. Fire them. Absolutely. Just give them the red card. P45. Out the door. Out the door. I'll I'll go up there and manage it myself. Because I've seen it now. All right. You have and you've shared it. Thanks for that. Mind yourself. Stay in touch. Thanks for getting in touch. Text 0868104106. You do want to write if you're not on email or anything like that. You can just write to me, Neil at uh, Red FM, Curraheen and Cork. That gets me. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818-104-106. Red FM. Uh, there's been a massive response uh, since Friday and um, over the weekend as well. And I'll get back to some of those texts now and a little later on. Do you remember one of the calls we had on air last week was a little three-year-old baby in such absolutely excruciating pain and would be still in pain for the next year, year and a half if mammy and daddy didn't take her to Poland for urgent surgery. Here's another one regarding another little child. This is a a six-year-old daughter. Um, Here's the attached email regarding the scandalous waiting time of at least eight months to get my six-year-old daughter seen uh, privately. This is privately. She has recurring eye infections and is in constant chronic pain. South Infirmary told me the waiting time would be even longer if I went on the public public waiting list. Before you ask the question, why go privately? That's the reason. No surprise that people do, of course. And here it is. Confirmation. An appointment has been made for your daughter to see Dr. Blah, 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 blah. On Friday, the 3rd of February, 2023. And this is in the, this is for the, you know, the private consultants clinics in Wilton. February, 2023. And that's when you go private. Um, You can add a lot more months and months to that if it were public. Uh, Doctors differ, Neil, and patients die. In my opinion, the doctors and nurses out there are overworked. I believe because they're so tired and constantly battling their brains that they make these mistakes and misdiagnoses. Jumping from patient to patient can't be easy and trying to treat everyone to the best of their ability. When there's too many to deal with, it will lead to mistakes. On the Mercy, maybe you can check the way they treat private patients. The Mercy is a private hospital that treats public patients. All hospitals like the Mercy should be taken over by the state. Uh, over the past few years, I was in the Mercy A&E with blood issues. Every time you can hear them tell countless people that they're low in magnesium, low in magnesium, says Frank. I'm currently also, and we had a fabulous um, uh, email came in from a chap from y'all who was so well treated in the CUH in Ward 2A. Tom says, I'm currently in Ward 2A listening to you. And I'd just like to add to the previous messages regarding the staff here. They are all fantastic. They go all above and beyond to ensure all patients are well looked after as comfortably as possible. They're so deserving of a treat in any way possible. What? Thank you for that. Why is it then that there would appear to be plenty of staff, and the ratio to staff to patients seems to be fine in the hospital, round the wards and around the, the actual hospital itself, but they just can't get it right into A&E. Years ago, every town and village had a GP or two working alone. Now we have these medical centres with four or five doctors, mostly handing out prescriptions and referring people to hospital. 
Surely it's time to install X-ray equipment into these places to diagnose breaks and strains, put on casts, do X-rays. Surely they're capable of doing this work with all their training. It would be a start. And if we equipped surgeries properly, it would lessen the burden on A&E departments. Uh, my brother-in-law was bitten by a Bullstaff Terrier a month ago while walking his dog at 11 o'clock at night. He went to South Dock to be told they didn't have a tetanus injection to go to his doctor the next day. The doctor told him to go to the Mercy. He waited for eight hours to get a tetanus shot. All of this could have been sorted if South Dock had injections. Uh, Father here, I'm in the same situation with my son. That COH is a disgrace. I just spent 13 hours up there with my three-year-old. Heavy nosebleeds. He was just left there for hours and let back out with his nose pumping, bleeding, going out the door at seven in the morning. Nothing done. The COH is like a zoo. It's a total joke. And just one or two more. Two years ago, I made an emergency appointment at our GP as my mom couldn't breathe. She had COPD. The secretary fitted her in straight away. She was sent away with antibiotics for a kidney infection. A few hours later, I had to call an ambulance. Turns out her lung had collapsed. And if she went to sleep that night, she would have never have woken up. There was nothing wrong with her kidneys. I don't understand how this kind of stupidity could happen so often. And a final one. My point to you is that the HSC on the whole are inadequate to meet the growing needs of our society. But uh, by example is this. At a mental health facility here in Cork, there are seven to nine nurses plus administrators plus an occupancy therapist for one and possibly two patients maximum. Thank you for those texts. There are many more. We'll come back to them after 10. I'm Lana O'Connor. Red FM News is first for local, national and international news. And you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking on redfm.ie. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. And Red FM. Remember, you're listening out for Elton John songs today and indeed right across the week. We've got pairs of tickets to give away. Plays Porky Queeve on Friday, July 1st. And the clock is ticking on that one. So across the week, we'll be playing the likes of Your Song and Daniel and Candle in the Wind and Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road and lots of other hits. There are so many of them. Pick up the phone when you hear an Elton John song. You could be one of our ticket winners right across this week. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. I'll come back to lots of other calls, texts and comments, but I want to turn back to something that I had wanted to do on Friday but didn't get around to it time-wise. I recently came in across an article in the Irish Catholic newspaper. It's a Father Pat Collins. He's a priest with the Vincentian Order and a renowned exorcist. And he's saying now uh, that the church in Ireland needs to put together a specialized group to carry out more in the way of deliverance ministry, which to me sounds like exorcisms or the clearing of spirits, the good, the bad and the evil spirits, not just from people's homes, but from people themselves who are oppressed by evil spirits. He said the demand is much higher than the supply. It's very hard to get a clear answer from priests or indeed bishops or dioceses as to how they handle it or whether or not even in Ireland there are exorcist priests. I'm told that if you look at it from the point of view of, uh, you know, the, the what's on the books within the Catholic Church, that there is supposed to be a priest in every parish. Uh, but some do and, and some don't. But they're very, very slow. Even following the article in the Irish Catholic, uh, Father Pat Collins is still very, is very slow to actually talk to 
other media. And in the past, the one or two that I did get an opportunity to talk to, they have stopped talking to media as well because they say it leads to an awful lot of phone calls from very disturbed people. Um, so I don't know whether people are disturbed because they are oppressed by evil spirits or they have psychological issues. That's for another day. But there is an incredible man by the name of Reverend Jason Bray. He's overseas. He's written the book on it and has spent a lot of his time in his ministry um, as part within that ministry engaging in what's called deliverance ministry, as in, you know, going to places to help people to clear evil spirits. And he joins me. He joins me by phone. Uh, Jason, good morning. Hello. Hi. Good to be with you. And I, I believe I was reading over the weekend that this interest was piqued with you because of an experience in your own home, I believe, was it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, I'm, um, I'm an Anglican priest, so uh, and um, in the in the church in Wales. And uh, when I was first ordained, um, because I, you know, I was married and um, uh, we got a baby, um, you know, we sort of lived in a um, well, basically the house we were given. And um, there in the curate's house, there was um, yeah, it was like a cold spot. It was really strange. Um, so um, and uh, it seemed to be focused around uh, our baby's cot. Which was, um, you know, really peculiar. It was, it was, you know, that house had been empty for a long time and we thought, oh, it's just one of those things. Uh, and um, it just never got better, you know, the sort of, um, you know, we've got the heating on for a year um, and um, they had the radiators, the usual things that you do. Um, and then two things happened. Um, I went on a course um, because I'd been ordained priest by that stage and, uh, uh, and while I was away, um, my wife said, you know, it was really awful. He said, you know, even though it was July, it was icy cold. And when you walked into his room and, uh, you know, it was like walking into a freezer. And uh, she said, I had to have have him in bed with me. It was just so horribly cold. In spite of the fact that the heating would be turned well up all over, the rest of the house would be warm, would it? Relatively warm, yeah. It it, it was was never particularly warm, but it was... um, um, you know, you know, as I said, a house that we just sort of felt was cold, but this was sort of in the middle of a room. Uh, it wasn't sort of a next spot. to an external yeah. wall. Or anything yeah. like that. So, so it was, you know, you know, and it really was localised uh, right next to his cot. Um, so, you know, we done, had, you know, as I said, the usual things, tried to find out where the drafts are. My mother made, um, you know, sort of curtains to put on all the doors and that sort of thing. Nothing seemed to make any difference. So, so there was that thing, and then um, yeah, I, I just sort of split myself out one evening. It was like sort of like I'd seen something that you know, um, and then when I opened the door, there was nothing there. Uh, but I spoke to my. Uh, but my I thought, I thought, but did you not feel the presence of some very angry person? Yeah, it or? was. Yeah, um, yeah, it was like sort of um, you know, as I said, I felt that I, 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 I'd seen something. Um, somebody about my height, um, you know, sort of wearing a sort of slightly weird sunburst mask, wooden mask, um, with uh, grey eyes, you know, sort of looking at me with you know enormous hostility. Wow. Um, when I opened the door, there was nothing there, but it was just a sort of feeling that, you know, almost never felt before or since, just this sort of, there was something awful. Was it a very um, old house, Jason? No, it wasn't. It was... Um, House had been built in about 19, uh, 1947, so immediately after the uh, Second World War, and it was built for sort of, um, you know, sort of ex-servicemen, I suppose, people who had been demobbed, they were starting families, and pretty much everybody who had ever lived in the house was still alive. Nobody had ever died in the house, so we'd made that sort of, um, you, know, you know, those sorts of inquiries. 
But when, uh, you know, so I, I was talking to somebody randomly a little bit afterwards, and uh, he said, uh, uh, you know, what's the house like? And I said, well, it's great because it was, because my, um, my boss, the, uh, um, you know, the, uh, the parish priest came around and he blessed the house for us, and it was, you know, fantastic. It just sort of uh, turned back to, um, you know, the way it should have been. It was warm and light and comfortable. Um, but uh, but he was saying, well, actually, he said, the strange thing was that they disturbed a Roman graveyard when they built those houses. Because the Roman road used to sort of run up there. And uh, so I sort of wondered whether the two things were connected. But because I had that experience, I sort of thought, well, actually, maybe there is something to this. Yes, but when, the, when your parish priest came and blessed the house, the, the room yeah. and the spot disappeared and it all warmed up. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it yeah, pricked you know, your it yeah, pricked your interest in this topic, then, didn't it? It did. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. So, um, so I, I spoke to the bishop, and um, you know, I went on went on training. So trainings, um, we you know, we're in the Church in Wales. Church in Wales is quite small, so uh, so we share training with the Church of England, and uh, they run sort of residential courses. So you know, um, every year. So um, so I, I, I've. I've been on one of those. In fact, I've been on two of those. Um, as it happens, just as you know, sort of once to start off with, and once as a refresher. And um, so, each Church of England and Church in Wales diocese has got a group of people that are trained to do this sort of ministry. What is it called? The ministry? As we call it, ministry of deliverance. Okay. Um, so, so people call you up. Is it on the phone? And what do they say? Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> what do they say? Um, they say, you're not going to believe this, but... Uh, and then they'll um, sort of describe something. So we do two sorts of things. One is the, um, you know, the dealing with um, haunted houses, the sort of uh, ghost-busting, if you like. Um, so, um, which, you know, you know, yeah, people will say, you know, Auntie Brenda's, you know, sort of haunting the... Um, um, you, know, you know, haunting the back passage. Can you, sorry, um, can you, uh, you know, can you... Can you come and do something about it? Or there's, uh, you know, my shoes are moving around. That's a, that's a fairly standard one. You know, can you come and sort it out for me? And we, we, we've heard that you do this sort of thing. Um, occasionally, so some of the ghost busting stuff, uh, occasionally we get called in, you know, people say, uh, I think I'm possessed. Um, and that's where a lot of the training comes in because um, pretty, you, can, you can pretty much guarantee that if somebody's telling you that, there's, there's some sort of, um, psychiatric disturbance going on there, you, you know, you know, that they've, um, yeah, um, you know, either they've read online that, you know, this, you know, that they're possessed and they, uh, I mean, they it's, end it's up believing it, I know, I know. Or, or they're, um, you know, and, and people do spook themselves out, so we can say, look, if you're talking to me, yeah, I can pretty much guarantee you're not possessed because no self-respecting demon, if it had taken possession of you, would allow you to talk to a priest about it. Okay, but have you uh, ever had? Have you ever dealt with people where it was true, or you went into somebody's home or a building where there were presents? Yeah, um, yeah, it has happened. I've had a couple of cases where um, uh, not so much the um, you know you know the sort of possession side. When um, a friend of mine, Lucy, um, she was. Uh, um, yeah, all sorts of slightly weird things going on in the house. Their son shoes were sort of, you know, sort of all over the place. They'd find them off the top of the wardrobe or in the fridge or whatever. Uh, and um, they heard, um, heard footsteps going up and down the stairs, thought it's next door, but, um, you know, the house is pretty solid, so they realised that it wasn't. 
But they also heard organ music. Sounds really corny, you think. No, 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 it no, 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 no. no. However, um, this was sort of Johnny Yamaha type music. And uh, thought I was coming from next door. So, you know, you could just hear it faintly in the background. Uh, when the next door neighbours moved out, they said, you know, um, uh, who is it that plays the organ? Because, you know, you know, occasionally we can hear, hear organ music come from your house and it sounds really good. Um, and they said, oh, no, we haven't got an organ. Nobody's ever played the organ. But strangely enough, the woman who lived in your house, um, you know, you know, sort of died there. Um, she was. Um, she used to be the theatre organ in organist uh, in town. <laughs> <I know. laughs> so, and you know, they thought, oh, right, it's a bit weird. Um, and then, not long afterwards, Lucy was sitting there, and um, she could see the, uh, the the staircase from her living room. And then, coming down the stairs was. Um, yeah, well, the sort of, you know, she could see somebody coming down the stairs, a pair of bedroom, bedroom slippers, pink nylon nighty. <laughs> and, you tr- and you trust what she was saying to you now, clearly. Yeah, I did. And um, because, uh, yeah, um, you know, you know they, they, they did a whole load of these sort of slightly weird experiences. They'd all heard the music. They'd all heard the footsteps. Uh, you know, and I did sort of say, you know, well, are you, are you, are you sure about this? And she said, oh, for God's sake, if I was going to make it up, I wouldn't have made up a ghost with a pink nylon nighty, would I? <laughs> Probably not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. So, um, you know, and in that case, that was, um, yeah, bless the house. And um, So you, uh, you, you arrive then, you don't, you don't rock up to the door and say, hi, I'm Reverend Jason, I'm your exorcist. What do you do? Right, um, yeah, well, basically... People are usually quite frightened, so um, so I sort of walk up and say, "Hi, I'm Jason. I'm the uh, yeah. I've been sent to sort out your problem, almost like as if I'm the gas man. You know, you've a tear in the fabric of reality. Can you show me where it is, and I'll sort it out for you, uh, rather than the leaky gas pipe." So um, <laughs> you know, you know, but yeah, yeah, I do have a bag, like you know, like you see in the film, because uh, you know I've got sort of bits and pieces in the bag. So occasionally, um, you know, I will say mass in the house. And um, so I need all the kids to do that. Um, you know, I've got sort of holy water sprinklers, the whole lot. And um, Salt, I believe. Why would you have salt? Salt, right, yeah. So traditional sign of um, cleansing, really. Um, so, um, so, but we, we bless, bless water, we bless salt, and we uh, mix them together. And, um, yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's just a very traditional sign. There's a biblical reference about... Um, somebody, somebody blessing salt. Elisha, I think it was. Okay, so the bag with um, the holy water, the salt, the candles, and the crucifix, um, and, yeah, you, and you, you, right. you go into the home. Do you, do you feel paranoia, paranormal experience in there yourself? Uh, not usually. Nothing, nothing much ever kicks off. Um, I've noticed with experience that I sometimes feel sort of. Um, difficulty breathing, it's like the sort of tightness of your chest. Uh, and, um, you know, I was sort of called to, uh, called to sort of, uh, um, bless another friend's house at one stage. And, uh, she said, well, actually, you know, there's something weird about that little, you know, you know, the passage, uh, it was sort of at the top of the house. And she said, you know, sort of walk along, see what you think. And, um, I said, it's here because I could sort of, you know, sort of nor- breathing normally, tightness of chest, move on two paces, it's fine. Okay, it's here. And she said, yeah, that's exactly where uh, where my daughter's been seeing a man who sits there and talks to her. Go away. And I wonder, is that the child's imagination? Or, or is, this, is this surprisingly more common than we think? 
Yeah, it, it's, um, yeah, we do quite a few of them. So, um, as I said, we um, I run the diocesan team. So, um, diocese of St. Asaph, so that's north, northeast Wales from Llandidno down to Newtown, if you know anything about Welsh geography. Um, so, it's quite, quite a big area. There are five of us, and we do about a dozen cases a year between us. And, and it can be from, say, playful poltergeists moving things to... You know, hearing sounds, footsteps, seeing things, um, you know, yeah. music. Yeah. yeah, that sort of thing. Um, you, know, you know, sort of... Uh, Generally harmless. Is it harmless or just more serious than that? Yeah. Yeah, uh, nobody's ever actually been physically harmed by any of these things. So, um, you know, it's not, not pleasant to live with. And, you know, we discovered that the house was cold and really quite unpleasant. So, so, so nobody's ever harmed... Um, but it, you know, it's still it's still quite unpleasant to deal with. Yeah, to, yeah. Well, sorry to live with. Uh, and then you know, sort of, we go in and we say prayers and we uh, bless holy water and we splash the holy water around. And uh, by and large, that that sort of seems to you know that seems to do it. But nothing by way of evil or nasty spirits who who, who hurt people or apparitions as such. Well, yeah, your friend Lucy, of course, had the woman coming on the stairs. Yeah, yeah, um, you know, yeah, yeah, we do a couple of those. Um, you know, yeah, we do apparitions. Um, most of the time, you know, they um, that sort of thing seems to be neutral. No, no, nobody's trying to uh, trying to create harm. Um, occasionally, I you know sort of deal with people who are really agitated. And, um, you know, the, the, the most frightened I've been really was um, some guy who was, you know, sort of really, really very agitated. And I was sort of slightly worried that actually he was going to have a go at me because he, he was just sort of throwing off loads of negative energy. He was into his conspiracy theories and all this. You see, you don't know whether it's a psychological disorder or whether it genuinely is. You see, if exorcism is different yeah, then, yeah. isn't it? That's being possessed, I understand, by, my understanding is being possessed by the devil. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah, or a demon, however that works. So, um, you, know, you know, this guy was sort of said, you know, I, I think I might be possessed. He described what was happening. Uh, lots of banging and lots of sort of stuff going on. Uh, and when you walked into his um, flat actually, it just felt like you know this sort of massive amount of negative energy, and very often that's that, that's what sort of causes a bit like uh, static electricity or whatever. It sort of builds up and then it earths itself. Did you and, believe? Did you uh, believe that he was possessed? No, no, no. You know, you know, quite clearly, you, you know, he wasn't possessed. No. Uh, but he just needed, you know, you know, he just needed to take his tablets, actually. Yeah, I, that's the thing. You see, it's, it's kind of a, it's it's a delicate line that you have to walk. But do you, so, but but you would believe you would believe that the devil walks amongst us, do you? Um, I I've never experienced that, but that that would be possibly part of part of what I believe. I'm an Anglican, you know. We we you know we tend to be a bit cagey about these things. <laughs> <laughs> Heaven, hell, the devil, evil spirits, demons. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's but, the stuff um, of movies, you know, with, perhaps. Yeah, with, with, you know, possession, in a sense, you know, what, what, we're, what we're actually looking for is sort of three specific symptoms, if you like. One is um, preternatural strength. So somebody throws the dining room table at you. Uh, preternatural right, uh, knowledge of languages. So somebody speaking colloquial Arabic. Um, you know, that might be a sign that they're possessed. Uh, and the third thing is uh, preternatural knowledge of often stuff about you that can hurt you. 
So, um, so you, you know, if you've been, uh, you know, a naughty boy, in, you know, in the past, something about your past that sort of comes back and just sort of goes, oh, right, okay. Um, and, you know, they, 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 you know, they are exceedingly rare. Just chances are that if somebody was exhibiting those things, they'd be in a psychiatric hospital anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So why... You'd be called in, called in to be with it then, yeah. yeah. Why then... But you haven't, you haven't gone to cases like that, though. No, um, they, you know, they are very rare indeed. Very rare, yeah. So why then do spirits or the presence of somebody's passed on, why do they get trapped then, primarily in people's homes? I, I, I don't know, to be honest. Um, you know, um, sometimes people see somebody that, uh, that they were very close to. So th- th- this is, um, you know, it's quite common that somebody will, um, you know, when somebody's passed away, when somebody's died, um, you know, um, their nearest and dearest will walk into a room and we'll, we'll see them usually only once. Um, but sometimes you get that. Sometimes people seem to have a particular attachment to a place, um, you know, and uh, if, if, if the house is disturbed or rebuilt or, you know, demolished or something like that, maybe that triggers something there who knows we, we call that a sort of place memory when the you know the sort of um uh there's a house in york uh where, where the roman soldiers walk through it sort of you know you know from you, know, you can see them occasionally from the waist up wow uh, and you know you know they're not really there but something's been disturbed sometimes people will be have an attachment to a person so yeah, I mean, I, I remember when years ago, I, after my grandfather passed away, I used to smell his pipe tobacco. Mm. And after my mother smelled away, I, d- passed away, sometimes I go into yeah. different rooms and smell her perfume. Yeah, and that's, um, you, know, you know, that's surprisingly common. You know, a family that I know really well, um, you know, sort of associate this with TCP, um, you, know, you know, with their mother, not perfume, but that sort of, you know, you know this sort of... Um, you know, the disinfectant that, you know, you know, when you cut your knee as a child. Yeah, yeah. And would occasionally, different members of the family report having smelt TCP. Where there was none present, you see. That's the thing. Well, there was none present. You just sort of, you know, you know, sort of, you know, walk down the stairs and, oh, right, okay, there's TCP. And, you know, they say that occasionally, you know, they'd be talking about her in the car. Um, and, you know, they could just smell TCP. <laughs> See, do you, would you think then that, that those that we loved are, are, are in love are always with us and are, are walking with us perhaps unbeknownst to us? I honestly couldn't tell you. You know, sort of, um, you know, I deal with, you know, as I said, anomalies where, where people see, um, you know, see somebody that, um, that maybe they've been close to in their lives or somebody who lived in the house who was very fond, fond of the house before. Um, whether, you know, sort of people... You know, you know, we are surrounded by our loved ones all the time. I, I, I honestly couldn't tell you. Yeah, yeah. So you, your work is quite matter-of-fact as such, finally, isn't it? You get the call, you go, yeah. you assess the situation, you bless the house yeah. or the person, and you move on. Yeah. Basically, yeah. And um, so, you know, pastoral care, we would hand over to the local clergy. So um, so we just sort of go in, you know, you know, we do what we need to do, and then we say, you know, actually... Um, you know, make contact with, um, you know, yeah, with your local vicar, priest, uh, whatever it is. I suspect most of the time they don't. Sometimes they do. And, um, but yeah. 
I got a final text here for you with a photograph sent to me by a listener of your book. It says, Neil, I have Jason's book and I can't wait oh. to read it. I'm saving for, <laughs> saving it for the holidays in a few weeks' time, says Brian. And there it is, a copy of Jason Bray's book, Deliverance. It, it looks rather like a <laughs> photograph of the priest from The Exorcist from the back, doesn't it? <laughs> Yes, it does. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I've never seen The Exorcist, so uh, ah, you're um, joking me. What? Why not? I don't do horror films. <laughs> I, th- I think it would be your stock and trade to watch that film. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. People keep saying, you know, yeah. Actually, you really ought to see it so that people know, you know, you know, sort of what it is that, um, you know, you know, what it is they're sort of expecting from you. But yeah, and you know, you know, yeah. But but that is me. I do have. Yeah, I do have a hat like that that I wear when it's raining or cold. I or see whatever. the hat with the I big long black coat and the little. Yeah, um, I do have a long black coat because I, you know, you know, because I look good in it, not because. <laughs> uh, well, I think I look good in it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly, it certainly fits the job anyway. That kind of garb. Anyway, Jason Bray's book is called Deliverance: Everyday Investigations into Poltergeist, Ghosts, and Other Spiritual Phenomenons. Best of luck with that. Thanks for taking the call, Jason. You're very welcome. Good to speak to you. Take okay, care. Thanks. That's Bye. the Reverend Jason Bray. His book is called Deliverance. Text 0868104106. Let me just stay with the call if you don't mind just after the break. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818104106. Red FM. Actually, you know something? It would be a very good read for the summer holidays wherever you're going. Absolutely. A good book. You can't beat it. Anyway, thank you to Jason. Have you ever had a paranormal experience? Text 0868104106. Uh, 106. Uh, the Irish Catholic Church is very quiet on the subject, I can tell you that. Veronica, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Tell me your own s- situation. I was never on the radio now, so I'd be a bit nervous. Ah, you're, listen, it's just you and I chatting. Other people listening, but, more, but it's just us nervous. chatting. I'd be a lot more nervous of the spirit world, believe me. Why do you say that? Because I moved into a house, um, there were new houses, I'm still in it, and it was fierce unrest from day one. A new house, a new three-story house. Yeah. yeah. It was built on, um, what can I say, um, there was, there's a big history to the place, you know? Yeah. What's but the back we, history to it? Chat away and tell me. It's, um, it was built on, um, there was lepers, leopards, call it a leopard colony, if you know what I mean. Okay, leopards, so... That had leprosy. Yeah. Now, I don't know how many years that would have gone back because there is... Like if you if you looked it up now you you'd know for yourself. I don't know exactly all the details but from people I've spoken to. But anyway, my own experience, um when the priest was talking there I totally identified with what he said. The um, the top room in the house well from day one there was things the doors now used to close on their own. If you're in another room you tear the door closed and you're there on your own. My children will be gone out and I'd say are such a person I'd say, Are you in the kitchen? And they'd be gone out the door, you know? Yeah. And um, You'd hear something going on in the kitchen when no one is in the house mm-hmm. with you. The door's closing. Absolutely. And I know from speaking to other neighbours that it's happened in their houses as well, you know? And um, uh, the baby, my daughter had her baby inside in the, the chair. There's so many stories now, uh, so many incidents made inside in the chair. And then the chair would swing on its own, you know, swing the baby, you know, push the baby, because we'd be sitting in the bright, broad daylight. Was it some kind of a rocking chair, or was it a... Um, a uh, no, just the baby chair, but uh, we were sitting, and she's, my daughter said to me, 
Um, Mum, she said the chair just moved there on its own. But that's, that was only a small incident. Someone was rocking the baby, is it? Oh, just rocked the, the child. But the other incident was the top floor, like the priest said. It was for about four months this went on. It was like walking into a fridge. You could, it was actually, do you know when, what, what could I call it, um, just you could feel the, the coldness coming, do you know, when you're in, and, and your frost coming out of your mouth when you'd walk in. Yeah, it, 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 it reminds me of walking into um, uh, a cooler it's fridge, and cold. you know the big walk-in fridges you can have yeah. in restaurants, and everything is fine, you're outside it, and it's very warm and very mild. You open the yeah. door and you walk into it, and all of a sudden you're hit with a blast of frost and cold. And I mean, this was unbelievable cold, like where I was bringing up the corporation to ask them, was there something to do with the heating, you know? But the heating never worked properly up here anyway from day one. And so, you why, so, so you wouldn't have just put it down to a badly built house, no? No, no. Okay, okay. Not at all. Yeah. I was the most nervous person going, Neil. I'm still living here today. But there was a lot of problems, and I think the fact that there was just bad energy. Now, I'm not saying... I'm after living, I'm living with it now. I never got a priest in. I just put holy water around and the year has cleared long since then. I mean, I'm, it's tw- that's 20 years now, nearly. Do you still have doors opening and closing and footsteps in different you know, rooms? I'm still walking around, but I know it's good energy now, not bad. And uh, do you want to hear one incident? I uh, hear them all if you have time. We were there one Sunday, it was about one o'clock in the day, it was bright as anything. My grandson was gone away for the weekend. He would, I reared my grandson, he was living here with me. And my son heard the noise. I used to have him in the room across from me, so I could mind him, you know, watch him when he was small. And he heard the noise inside in the bedroom, the door was locked, you know, it was a, there was a latch on the door. We were afraid of our lives to go in because we could hear his toys moving around inside. You're joking, and on the floor, is it? On, on my mother's soul, um, it was a car. He, he had many ties in there, but this was a car that he'd drive around, you know. And there was no batteries in it when we we, we braved it to go in anyway. It was rolling around in front of us. Up to that night, the car was still moving around, and my husband at the time he picked it up, and there was no batteries. And the car he put it up on the shelf, and it went flying off the shelf. You saw then, that. A hundred percent. Okay, so this isn't though, like that wasn't to do with an open window or a drafty window no, or a breeze of wind and the noises no. you heard. You you shouldn't like it's not an exorcist. You needed to plumber. It wasn't rattling pipes or anything. Nothing like that. Well, at the time, I probably even going back then because there was so much unease, and it it's not only in my house up here. And anyone who would say different, they're liars because I know I've taught to individual people. One girl had to get in somebody to bless her house. Things were so bad. I won't go into that now because I don't want to, uh, I, you know, I wouldn't want to be talking about her business on air, but she got it cleansed and ever since then she felt there was no one, there was three people moved in and out of the same house and she was the only one that settled there since. That was nearly 20 years ago, I think, as well. But um, what was the other ones? Um, there were so many incidents. But Did you ever see anyone? Um, see the thing is when there was so much bad energy I was actually told I'm very sensitive to these things anyway I was told by a few psychics that came to me contacted me that I was being protected from the spirit my family and spirits and I have a lot of 
family and spirits. And I believe that when bad, there's bad spirits in your house, evil spirits, that the good ones will outweigh and they yeah. move the bad ones on. Yeah. Because if there's bad energy around a person, and I've learned that as well, I could actually see it. We're just drinking drugs, we say alcoholism and drugs. They're being, they're being guided by bad spirits and they don't even know it. But in the case of, okay, but in the case of your own home, you've never seen an apparition. It's always sound, is it? There's never been a, a vision or, you know, a shadow. Say, even my husband used to always say that. There's always cold spots. There was always cold spots in different rooms as well. Um, I, my, my health went down terribly when I moved in. Constantly. I still have, like, health problems, but... They're being dealt with, you know. And why did but you never get it cleansed? You never called a parish priest. I, I cleansed it. I, I, in a way, I used to put around the sage. Is that the sage? Sage, yeah. I know people who burn sage around their yeah. house from time to time. And my mother was always a great believer in holy water. So anyone who'd go there, when I'd go in holidays, I'd bring back bottles of it. And my son and his girlfriend last year, God rest her, she's dead now. She died young. They used to bring back bottles of it from Mount Melorino or Yeah, and what would they do with it? They give it to me to try. I'm a, I'm a religious person anyway. I think there is very powerful. Um, and today, what what's going on in this planet? We need it more than we ever needed it. Yeah, but it's they don't sound as if they're evil spirits or evil so poltergeists moving stuff around. I felt that it was definitely because. When we moved in first, oh, the wind, because we're up very high, it was so windy and cold. Granted, now they had to change all the windows and doors after a couple of years because they all, you know, they put in the wrong ones. We're up very high, you see. But saying that during the night sometimes, oh my God, you could feel it. I felt one night as if someone was after being choking me. My neck was so sore. You know, I've had, people, I've had people in the past on the air who, who um, would be in bed and this incredible weight down upon them. Yeah, yeah, all that. And I was, I wouldn't stay in the house normally. I wouldn't. Others were I, being dragged by the feet out of the bed. Uh, and I, I tell you, no, I, I have the bed fairly, so I bless the bed all the time anyway. But you know, you've never had, you've never had any, any, any anything touch? Um, there's, there were so many things, no, Neil, um, my own grandson, like he always said, he had a, somebody in the room. You know, he was small, no, like, but he was very intelligent. Did he describe what was in the room? Uh, his friend, he, you know, children have, but like the fact that things were moving around in his room. He saw he them moving like, around. He says, "I'm playing with my friend, and he's been moving yeah. stuff around." I'm playing with my friend, but anyway. I put that down to probably imaginary friend, but like the fact that, like my son was there as a witness that day, and I know that there is loads of people around here, and this place, there's such unease up here. Now you can, if sometimes they say that's what I would be afraid of, to bring in a priest that can make things worse when it's happening at the time. Yeah, but you've been living with it for over twenty years. But I'm, I. You're used to it. to be honest with you, no, it's it's not now because I'll be honest with you, Neil, my husband that I was with for 40 years, I think things affected him in a bad way. 
because he went into drink. And from what I gather, there's more than there was more. He's not living with me now at the moment. All right, well, we'll leave him alone then, misfortune, and hope that he's well. But all of that impacted on all of your lives then, and he's still doing so. In a way, but I think I'm after overcoming a lot of it now because I feel more at ease, you know. Yeah, but was there were there footsteps and moving things around over the weekend? Um, there's always moving around. I think is someone that's protecting me. To be honest, I'll always hear it. Like my sister only died in April, and I think when your family in spirit, I think they all they are your guardian angels. And have people have people with you know when when they come into the house, friends or neighbours, have they picked up on anything? That's because they would have it in their own homes. So I remember the cushions on the chair when I, in, like I heard of a case like that where there was a house in Holly Hill, and the girl described it. She'd have the cushions fixed, and when she turned around, or the the cushions would be all turned. I had that when when they when I had the thing in the top floor, the coldness that went on for months. But my father... You would arrange said, a room and then oh, walk the out and come... You have the cushions. Yeah. And at night time when you're tidying up, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> and the cushions would be one way and next I turn around and they're turned the other way. That's a spirit, an unhappy spirit. When there's this, when there's that in your home... Would I, you talk to them? Well, I'd only talk in my... my um, Mind, I never talked out loud because I. Some people would say I'm because I I I've I'm opinionated. I've kept quiet for years, mate. I've put up on an awful lot because of the unease up here, and I put it down to that. But I always put it on my. They say put it on your front door. You put it on your back door, your stairs. Spirits are, I'm sure you know, I remember you saying that you'd love to see a ghost. Yeah, that was years back. I would, yeah, I would, I would, I would. But you would get a fright if you saw one. Yeah, I, I, I imagine you'd that I would, fright. but I still, I still would like to. I'd like to experience what other people claim yeah. to experience, you know? I did, see, I did see a spirit, Neil, and I don't want to sound crazy or anything, but my family, you know, this, my father actually, was he wasn't ready to go. And when he died, I felt his presence in the house anyway. And it was on the top floor all the time. And I know he was there. I was told he was there to make me strong and to protect me. And before he went, he came down. My daughter, I told the kids, I went down the stairs, I was shaking. He, I seen an outline of a body, but he was in spirit. So he, he was coming down the stairs. He was saying goodbye. He was going, moving on, you know, to heaven. And we were told that our mum and dad is in heaven anyway, you know. But um, when my sister died, only in April, she's a half a twin, um, I'll send John a picture that you might be interested in. And um, if I can send it on to you eventually, I have the picture I took in the kitchen. She came back to say goodbye before she even was cremated. You're, you're not telling me you got a photograph of your sister who passed away? On my life. I have a drive. I sent it to some of my family. After she had died? Uh, she wasn't even after being cremated. She died suddenly, but she was suffering for years. Yeah. Oh, yeah I'd be interested so, in seeing that, for sure. And i I be honest, that's why I sent it to a few of my family, so that I wouldn't delete it out of my story, you know? Um, it's as plain as day because I didn't even mean to. I was taking, you know, I was sobbing in the kitchen because I heard of her death. 
and everyone was, you know, we were all traumatised because she was the kind of a girl that, that she went through so much in her life and every thought, everyone thought she'd live forever. She was invincible and she suffered so much. God took her, obviously, because she'd had enough. Mm-hmm. And God love her family, they're heartbroken. Yeah, I know, but I know, I know. Anyway, I will send you that. Do. Do. Which I have at me, and you'll be very interested. Do, absolutely. I'll put you back on hold and you can get details from the lads how to get it to me by email, all right? That priest, anyway, with the things he said, he was bang on. Because if you're a holy person, a religious person, and that's that's what will get you through it. God gets it good will outweigh the, the bad. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what's going on, and that's why he sent in the comments last week. Alright, but it still what? goes on but yet you won't have the house blessed by a priest, even though you're religious. No, because that's because I'm there's just peace here now. Is it quiet now? It's no, but I I still get times when I'm just my my family I'd I'd imagine it's my family and spirit that they're letting me know that they're protecting but me. But no more cold room though. Oh no, only that I always still know there's someone living on the top floor. Amazing. I was told, my husband even said that, he said there's a few spirits, because always at the top of the landing, when you'd be walking up the stairs, you could always sense a presence there, you know? Yeah, well, you see, you could be imagining it too, though. You could be convincing yeah, yourself. No? Okay. Yeah, no, okay. <laughs> there's, too, there's too much, and there's even more I'd want to No, I, I don't mean to be dismissing you, no, I don't. I mean, I'm just saying, sometimes the imagination can play tricks on you, but you're saying... No. If I thought I needed a priest in here, I'll get one in here. But the grounds where we're living on were never blessed. And I was told that the ground isn't sacred. So, all right. what it's all about. Okay, stay in touch, Veronica. Thanks for taking the call. Right, Mind all yourself, right, take care. Back after the break, text 0868104106. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Text and WhatsApp 086-8104-106. Gorks Red FM. And you can pick up the phone on 0818-104-106. So go back to these topics of conversation throughout the day and the week. So do get in touch. Text 0868-104-106 if you have a story to share, particularly if it's of the paranormal. Email neil at redfm.ie. I just want to go back to earlier on to Louise's story that started us off with this so-called three-seater sofa that she paid 400 euro for 500 I think it was was it I don't have the deal is it 450 and 50 delivery wasn't it Louise yes that's it yeah, yeah so 500 altogether and it's just a pile of junk um, apparently they've they've gone off Facebook um, marketplace would you believe or changed their name we can't seem yes, to they, find them that's crazy I know is that what they do they just change they smell trouble from the like did you tell them or her that you were getting in touch with me yes I did I, ah, I tried you see so they changed their I, name then Yes, they did. They took it off completely and they changed their name and they're doing the exact same thing now with a the different name. Yeah, and do you have the different name? I have a I have a page that has the same exact pictures with a different name. Okay. That could be something as okay, well. Okay, well, we can try them so in a few minutes' time because the minute they heard that you were going to talk to me, they shut down that piece of their it, company. It Com- it's not a company. Got rid of it. Scam. And no. they opened up again yeah. with a new name and just carried on. Yeah. So it's a free-for-all yeah. in there, isn't it? great, isn't it? They love us. God Ridiculous. almighty. Good God. And they're catching people left, right and centre. They are, like, they're catching. I've never, this never happened to me before, ever. No. And I swear to God, I, 
Yeah, of course. And now it's happened to me and my parents, mostly my parents because it's their money. But I just can't get over that it's actually still happening nowadays. 500 like euro for on. a piece of junk so wrapped up in cling film that your parents couldn't see what was under the cling film until your man had done her legger in the van. Like when I was talking to you earlier when I was telling a story about people who go around, they advertise saying that they're collecting furniture and anything like household equipment like that for charity they go around to the house yes. right uh, and they yes. take this, the furniture the three piece whatever and then they scam people online by selling it to them like you right yes. uh, and it came to my attention because two or three different people got in touch with me saying the furniture that I gave to this so called charity collection they are now selling on Facebook that's what they do oh, oh my god they're probably selling it saying it's a brand new couch like happened to me well, I mean, people have been in touch with me, I have to say, Louise, with some beautiful sofas. Um, did you see any of the photographs of the sofas that have been sent that people want no, to give to your parents? No, no, I haven't. <laughs> I can't get over that people are actually listening and, and you know, sympathize and want to help. You know, now, Sheena, like Sheena down in Kinsale sent the most beautiful three-piece sofa in gorgeous velour right it's gorgeous it's really calm there's a tiny little bit of I think possibly a tiny little bit of no I don't think there is I thought there was a little bit of damage to one of the cushions but it's perfect and then I got another one um, from Kiron who was sent on the most gorgeous three piece modern suite very very comfortable the center oh of it drop the center of it drops down into two cup holders and it's That's got gorgeous tubular steel legs on it it's 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 quite modern. He wants to give that yeah. for free. That's amazing. <laughs> and on top of that, then, um, we also have, I think, hang on a second here, my phone lines together. Finn, good morning. Good morning. How are you? You have Minahan's Couriers, is that right? Moynihan's. Moynihan's. Uh, I work for Moynihan's Couriers uh, here in Wilton. Um, um, you probably know Hero Joe Doorman. He works with us too, who <laughs> lost weight because he's still waiting for his pizza from you. But look, we'll ignore that for now, Neil. We'll there might be a pizza in it for you on Friday. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, wherever wherever that lady chooses to do, um, I trust your staff. Uh, pass my number on and we'll have it delivered at a time of her convenience. Either myself or Joe will do it. Or you might get lucky. Hero Joe might come with me and we might do it together. You're very kind, Finn. Um, but yeah, he's That's wearing amazing. a cape, but he's... He's wearing a cape that has come very loose on him because he hasn't got the pizza you promised him a good bit ago now, Listen, Neil, yeah. you know, you don't have to hit me over the head with the hammer of a hinch, you know? I oh, get no, it. You, you don't. I'm the quiet one. Wait till you meet Joe. I he get will it. I'll, I'll organise a couple of pizzas on Fridays from no, on a serious, and On a serious note, um, to put, put a bit of rest into that woman's mind, um, pass on my number, get the details, arrange where it is, and I'll make sure it's collected within the next 24 to 48 hours. You are the greatest, no Finn. Thank you so much. And we take away the other one as well for her, so not to worry. And there'll be no charge except you, Joe two pizzas <laughs> oh my gosh you're, this is amazing I'm speechless I, act, I actually don't know what to say beautiful the, so uh, well, uh, the, the two that I have here are beautiful pick and choose whatever you want I'm quite sure that other people will be amazing more, I'm absolutely speechless speechless my parents would be thrilled like they don't even know I'm, I'm on like, uh, you know, but you can go back to them now and tell them just go back to them and tell them the story because Cork people are the most generous and kind in the world cheers Finn thanks pal I'll be no back problem. to you alright take care Sean, so much thank Sean. you Hello? Sean, sorry for holding you for so long. Have you got a two-seater, is it? Yeah, it's a two-seater uh, leather coach, Neil. That's a leather more than, more than More than welcome to come down and look at and she could take it away free of charge if she, if she wants. Oh, my God. It's, I don't know what you're going to choose, Louise, but you have a big, big amazing, assortment Amazing. All the people um, giving 
three teams away like this is just blowing my mind. I'm speechless. Thank you so much to everyone who's rung in and, and um, done this. this no, you're giving. No, you're t- it's, a li- a, it's a life lesson you learn, but you're warning yep, other people absolutely. that this is I'm what will happen. Them, yep. Yeah. This just is what to be happen. more aware, I myself never thought it would happen to me. Do you know, I'm always like making sure no, everything's legit. Do you yeah. know, nothing's going but to be a scam. I mean, I take the I I would have I take the cling film off and look at it before I pay. But oh, some, listen, be, that's what I would have done. And look, it's something that should have happened and it didn't. I know, and you're 500 no. euro the worst off for it. Yeah. Anyway, exactly. listen, that's something for you to think about. We'll send you on the photographs. Thank you, Sean. You're very kind. Appreciate no it. Problem. Much obliged to Don Monkstown and also to Sheena and also to Kieran. So let me know what you choose. All right, Louise. Perfect. Thanks so much. Okay. Thanks tell so your much. folks yeah, now all will be well, will you? Tell your folks all. I will. Well. Thanks so much. Take that's care. Great. Hey, it's Dave. Join me weekdays from four for Dave Max Drive, where I'll help get you home or give you a little lift at home. Big hits, loads of fun features, and traffic info. What more could you need? Join me weekdays from four. Dave Max Drive. One hundred four to one hundred six. Red FM. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Okay, I'm, I'm upping it to two sets of tickets for Elton John every day. So we're going to be taking callers 9 and 10 every day this week when you hear an Elton John song on this program. Double tickets, uh, two sets of them to give away callers 9 and 10. It's all part of his farewell Yellow Brick Road, the final tour. And it'll be the final time he says that he performs on tour in Ireland. And he's been going a long, long time. We'll be playing a different Elton John song every day. Get on the phone when you hear it. Call us 9 and 10 on 0818104106. Lots of texts and different topics over the past couple of days. And when we begin to go into cost of living increase, increases, I mean, Frank gives an example of, he says, two weeks ago in the supermarket, uh, three litre of milk was two euro yesterday. The same one was 2.59. Could you imagine that kind of increase in everything you bought, particularly the staples that you would buy, going from two euro to, to 2.59? You've got to ask yourself, the question why I don't know is it shortages or supply and demand and I must acknowledge actually at least one person um, making the point that you've been talking a lot recently of our overworked medical staff and waiting lists so why oh why is the CUH taking in wounded soldiers now from Ukraine it's about time the Michal Martin and Leo Varadka started working for the Irish people instead of working for the rest of Europe or the rest of the world. Now, you may have an opinion on that as to whether it's a good thing or not to be bringing the wounded over from the war in Ukraine, but that is happening. It's the first time the military casualties have been brought to Ireland from the war in UK, Ukraine. Uh, apparently, when you look at it, there are two um, wounded soldiers who have been taken to Beaumont Hospital in Dublin, two, two to Cork University Hospital, and one to University Hospital Galway. Now, when you think of the stories that people have been sharing going through A&E, I'm quite sure that those soldiers won't be going through A&E. Uh, Matty McGrath's like a demon over. He says, we are clearly now taking sides in the war. And he says, the government keep pushing and pushing and pushing Ireland's neutrality. And he says, this is just a step too far. But I don't know where Matty McGrath gets the idea that um, we are now taking sides. I thought we really always had taken sides and we were very much on the sides of Ukraine and the Ukrainians. That was my understanding of it anyway. Anyway, text 0868104106. Listening to your program with regards to people drinking on the streets adjacent to penny dinners, I cannot believe my ears. My word, people given out because maybe some people are drinking around penny dinners. I can almost guarantee that it must be a business in the area that is complaining to you. I hope and I pray that all of the people criticizing uh, will never have a family member who gets addicted to drink 
or drugs. You know, you never know the beautiful baby you're holding in your arms may someday end up to be one of these disgusting people that the person who said penny dinner should have moved on. Uh, No one set out to be an alcoholic or a drug addict. You just go down a slippery slope and before you know it, you're fighting to get your family and your life back. And thank you for that. And then lots then, picking up on the issue regarding the family who took a three-year-old daughter to Poland for much-needed dental surgery. You have to keep ringing up. You have to keep ringing saying your child is in agony on a regular basis. You even have to ask now for cancellations. My daughter had to get teeth removed in hospital when she was small. No wonder that woman's son was waiting five years. If you just sit back and wait for every letter every couple of years, nothing will happen. If you don't phone up, put pressure on the administration team that send out those letters, you will just be left sitting there. On the other hand, there is something seriously wrong with the health system in this country. If you are a cat or a dog, you get seen straight away at the local vets. You can have blood tests and x-rays done all the same. Get referred on if you need an appointment. And get your animal is never left waiting in pain. My cat needed dental work done. Two roots of cracked teeth, teeth that were causing pain removed. And a build-up of tartar causing infections. All removed. He was sedated for the procedure. All at the local vets. No waiting lists there. When it was my child, we went through hell with an abscess in her tooth. And I was on the phone every week to try and get her to be seen. It was excruciating to watch the pain she was in. Can't remember how long we were waiting. I was told it would be a year, but it was much less because I hounded them on the phone. Thankfully, she's got her adult teeth now and has no problems. Well, I don't mean to be flippant about it, but it's a pity we weren't all born cats and dogs. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818 Red FM. An awful lot of people now are buying and selling and purchasing different things on Facebook. Facebook Marketplace, I suppose. I mean, maybe that's the way the world be, will be 100% in, I don't know, 10, 20, 30 years. Who's to know where retail is going? Uh, Ildiko, good morning. Good morning. You also um, bought a bed on Facebook Marketplace, is it? And the, the wrong one was delivered, is it? Yes, that's correct. You ordered a single bed for 280 euro and got a completely different one. You sent me two photographs of them, is it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I ordered the um, Sandy bumper bed for 280 and I believe I got just a simple D1 bed for okay. what they have listed. I think it's 180. Yeah, because the bed, I would prefer the bed that you liked, not the one that you got. Yeah. Yeah, it's a beautiful looking yeah. bed. Yeah, and how yeah, much it's for how, my daughter? Okay, yeah. a bunk bed. Where's is there a top bunk on it at all? No, 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 no. It's a bumper bed. A bumper. Uh, sorry, I thought yeah, you said a bunk yeah. bed. All right. Okay. No, no. Sorry, bumper okay. bed. So you paid yeah, two hundred and eighty. So. Did you pay that? Yes. And yes, then they indeed. sent you a one hundred and eighty euro bed instead. Yes. And you yes. said it to the so, delivery guy. Yeah, yeah. I said this is uh, this is a wrong bed. I see. I seen it when it was wrapped. That doesn't have a bumper by the legs, you know. So I knew straight away. What's a bumper? Sorry, I I, I, yeah, I, kind of, I see like a quilted headboard. Like, yeah, headboard, and at the end should be a bumper, like um, uh, as you see on a picture at the above picture, the grey one. That's a sandy bumper bed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and um, no the bed I got delivered. 
yeah, well, that's how they have it listed. You, you just know? got sent uh, a regular bed with baseboard and a mm, a fairly yeah. plain headboard, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And what did yeah, the delivery yeah. driver say when he delivered it from Facebook Marketplace? Um, I go, uh, this looks wrong to me. He said, no, this is what you ordered. It's a different and when color. you unwrap it. No, I ordered the pink. Yeah, I wanted the pink in the original as well. So... Yeah. The color was right, but the be- the base is wrong. Not the headboard, but the base was wrong. And I seen that straight away. So I said, this is a wrong uh, base. And he goes, no, I, I'm just a delivery guy. I I, um, yeah. So just start calling I, or get back to them and... Uh, yeah, I texted, um, I said, I got to bed, I didn't unwrap it yet, I got to bed, thank you, but I believe it's a wrong bed, so can we have this result? And I got no answer, then I texted on the normal number where it's what's listed on the website, and I got no answer. Then I texted on the another number, which is the owner's number, and I got no response. And this has been two weeks nearly now. So, um, yeah, we spoke, we, we spoke to that Facebook marketplace um, seller. Mm-hmm. He says the, um, the, he says the above photograph, the one that you ordered, is a 208 80 euro bed. He said the bottom yeah. one that um, you sent me the photograph of is a 250 euro bed. They said that you only gave them 250. No, I give them 280. And how See, do you pay? How do you pay? Cash, cash, and I got no receipt. So, see, I you can't prove to the guy what you give uh, as well. Because so there's no cash, got, no receipt. There's never any invoice. Mm, uh, does you no. can't transfer it by bank account or anything? No. No, no. You you they ask you cash on a delivery. So okay. I give the guy guy um, 280. And you gave. Did you give him the 280 before you looked at the bed? No, I looked at the bed. It's wrong, but she goes, I'm just a delivery guy. So he was expecting the money. I wasn't going to cause any scene or anything. So I gave him the 280. Why did you send it back? I, I know, I know. That was my 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 silliness, yeah. yeah. This is the response we got. Okay, the the one... That you say you, you wanted was 280. The one that you got was 250. They said she only paid us 250 when we arrived. Mm. So we gave her the headboard, uh, but she's trying to contact us saying that she paid 280 and we gave her a bed for 180. That's what you're saying. Uh, we've been yeah. in touch with her about four or five calls. No. We tried to explain no. to her a lot, lot of times, but she just won't understand. So we stopped That's calling. Lies. Hang on, and after yeah, a day, lies. she started spamming all our pictures and ads, copying and pasting everything. No. So we temporarily suspended her uh, from comments. Yeah, yeah, that's all. all How much did I, you give them? Two hundred and eighty. All right, they're saying two hundred and fifty. Mm. And you're saying mm. that they gave you a bed for one hundred and eighty. They're saying the bed they gave you is two hundred and fifty. Okay, that's the divan bed there, and they have it listed as 180. See, I, I know. Sure. I mean, I, I know. I mean, that's telling you what they said. Um, mm. See, that's the yeah. that's the grey world of the marketplace where, you know, you see yes. a photograph, somebody yes. delivers you something, they'll only take cash. Mm, yes, yes. It's, you have yeah, no follow-up, like? No, 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 no. 
So I said, this, I learned my lesson and this is the last time I kind of ordered from Marketplace. I won't be doing it anymore anyway. Is it but, much? Um, is it much? Okay, a lot of people get stung. They claim that you have mm-hmm. not been stung. They're saying you didn't give them the amount of money you said. They gave you a bid to the value of what you paid the driver. That's, mm-hmm. that's, I don't, you see, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, they didn't. And they never called me or I would have picked up the phone, of course, because I wanted to resolve the issue. But Be very well, in. you know. Maybe, maybe they might get back in touch with you and try and resolve it after our call with them. We'll have to wait and see what happens there. Mm. But people I know, need to be very, very sad weird. for other people that it takes uh, to go to the radio to resolve but, issue. Like anyway. I, was, I, was, I mean, it's desperation. People are doing this, isn't it? You just don't have any more money than that amount, is it? No. N- n- yeah. Well. Well. Um, no, I do. <laughs> I give him. I I give him the money what I orders. Um, the 280 but you could be ordering something from a photograph that's a second hand mm-hmm. mattress mm-hmm. I'm not saying not you did no. I'm not saying... I just, I just, that's another thing I didn't order a mattress that's just a bed frame I paid 280 for <gasps> no mattress? no, no, that was my own I had my mattress from the old bed I thought the that's mattress right came now. with it no no, that's what I'm saying. That's why I'm obsessed because I just ordered the bed frame. Oh, God. I know. I know. Mm-hmm. Listen, maybe they might come back to you and some kind of gesture might change hands. I don't know. But it's just to people mm-hmm. to be wary, you know, be very wary. Yeah, like, I, I, I want people to be wary because it's not just me. There's few people on David said who are saying the same, that they don't respond. When there is an issue, they don't respond. They block and they just don't answer. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's not just me. Okay, yeah. is it a comfortable yeah. bed? I mean, yeah, the bed. Nothing wrong with the bed, but it's the wrong bed, and it's overpriced. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. Okay, thanks, Aldico. Thank you so much, Sharon. Good morning. Hi, how are you? Uh, from Facebook Marketplace, which can be a very, very dodgy space, to Dundee, is it? I yeah, it was Dundee I purchased from. Okay, and were you getting a bargain? Did you think? Yes. Okay, what happened? Was it a bed? Was it? Oh, it was a two and a three-seater sofa, two unit, two pieces. Yeah, it was a two-piece set. Um, I saw the. I typed in Dundee new three one three plus two-seater sofas. New. And these ads came up for Cork, Limerick, Galway, Dublin, and I rang the guy from Cork, and they were saying they were sixteen hundred down to eight nine nine. Some of them seven nine nine. So. He said, look, I've only one left. I'll give it to you. I said, can you do anything on the price? I'll give it to you for 850 And I said, I have to talk to my husband and I'll get back to you. So when I rang him back, he didn't answer. So I went, there was a Limerick number. So I rang them. They would exactly the same sofas. And he said, yes. I, I don't understand that. You mean, is it the same company or group of people on Facebook, on Dundee operating in Cork and Limerick? Or are they two different sets of people? Yeah, and Galway and and Galway and Dublin and uh, I was to learn later. I think that they're the same people. Thank you. Okay, sure. uh, maybe I'm jumping ahead a little bit. And did you at any stage ask why are you selling a sixteen hundred euro three piece and two piece for eight nine nine and seven nine nine? I didn't. I just said it's a great deal, and he said, "Yeah." He said, "You you pay a lot more in the shops for them." So the Limerick seller said, there's no problem, it's cash on delivery and we'll deliver within three days. Okay, okay. 
Okay. So three days passed, he didn't deliver. So I rang and he said, sorry for the delay. We will be delivering on Friday. So I said, my mother-in-law be here. I wouldn't be here. But um, I would leave the money with her for you. So he said, fine. So then um, a delivery guy contacted me and said he was, he was going to deliver. And I said, fine, there's someone in the house. So they arrived anyway. Two of them arrived and brought the couches in. And my mother-in-law, my mother-in-law thought that they were bringing in the back of the sofa afterwards. But when they didn't, she just thought to herself it must be one of those modern sofas where the back lifts up. You know, because it was in plastic as well. Mm. So I got home from work and I saw the couches and straight away I was like, the back is way too low. Like, you know, you're not going to be able to be comfortable on them. So I rang the number at the guy in Limerick that had sold it to me. And he said to me, um, yeah, he said, look, that's no problem. I said, look, my husband's going to kill me. Like, you know, I have to have you something with a higher back that I can exchange to. I'm not asking for a refund. And he said, yeah, oh, I'll have something in the warehouse. But he said, I have a guy passing through a courier, passing through Mallow tomorrow. He'd collect it. So I said, great, thank you very much. And sorry that I had to call you. So then I heard nothing for three days. So I rang the number and it was just going straight to message minder. And there was, then there was a foreign lady leaving a message, which I didn't understand. And then when I rang the following day, it was an international toll, tone. The same and number every time. The same number every time. So then I said, right. That I mobile tried the phone guy. then had travelled overseas, clearly. Yeah, but when I rang the following day, then it was just going to message minder. Now, I, I said I'd ring the Cork guy just to see were they connected in any way. So I rang him and he said to me, oh, that's, that's basically that that was probably travellers using their, their pictures. And he, he, this said, guy blamed travellers? Yeah, basically. I don't know what, you know, why he, why he presumed it was that, but that's what he said it probably was. And he said, I said, look, their company, as far as I know, that I can make out online, it's based on that loan. And he said, oh, that's probably a halting site. He said, you're... <laughs> the Cork fella said all of this, is it? Yeah, he said, that's... that's so the Cork fella is selling the exact same sofas said that yeah. they were probably using his pictures, is it? They were probably using the, his pictures online, yeah. And, and do, you, do you believe him that he was being genuine about that? No. Right. Okay. Why don't you believe him? Because he even told my mother-in-law when they delivered that it came out of a warehouse in Athlone. And then I went online after speaking to the Cork guy and the Limerick guy's number was gone, but the Cork guy's number was in place of it. As okay. well as so you think it's you think it's the whole they're all part of the same group, yeah. Whoever exactly, they are, yeah. yeah. Do you think that they're all coming from Athlone? Do you? Pardon? Do you think that they are based in Athlone? No, I doubt it. Okay, I doubt there's any base. Like your mother-in-law got a receipt and everything, didn't she? She did. She she wrote out a receipt herself she, and asked them to sign it, and. Then she rang the Limerick guy herself when he wasn't answering the phone to, to me before he had gone to international tone. And he answered to her and he basically said to her, oh, I'm sorry. He said, we're a business. He said, we don't want this to go wrong. We're trying to start up a business. And he said, I'm waiting on the courier. It'll be next Tuesday oh, or Wednesday. They yeah, reflect it. Yeah. But after Nothing. that, then I told you what I was ringing, you know. Yeah, yeah. Nobody came back and collected this sofa. You're still left with it, the three piece and two. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I have two sofas now wrapped in plastic in my second room. And do you know the, the ones that you got? Um, were yeah. they the ones in the photograph that you wanted to get? They, yeah, they look the same in the photograph, but in the in the in the photograph, it's deceiving. You have high cushions and stuff. It looks like they have a back. Me being so silly, didn't ask them. Like, to, is there a big back or measured back? I just presumed there was. There's no back support on the sofas. It's very small, very low. It wouldn't even sounds be like a, sounds like side. a chaise long, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. But they have big high cushions, you know, so you can't really see. And did they come with cushions? Yes. And tell me this, is it new? It looks new to me, the part of plastic that's open, it does look new. But you won't take the plastic off it, no? Well, I was hoping that they were going back to collect it. So I didn't want to take it off then. Will they, I wonder? No, I don't think so now. Yeah, I mean... I shop a lot online. I've never had that experience, you know. Have you done a lot on Dundeal? No, no. Now, I I did contact Dundeal. I sent them an email the other day. Now, when I just checked before I came on air and they sent me an email yesterday evening, just basically it said, I'm sorry to hear this happened. If you feel you've been sold faulty goods or misled by the seller, we can contact them on your behalf and ask them to get in touch. This will be the only communication we will have with the seller. Hopefully they will contact you and the matter will be satisfactory. And are they still selling furniture on Dundee? Yes. Okay, and what happens when you call the number? When I call the Limerick number, it's straight to message minder now and there's no one on the message minder, you know, it's not set up properly. I wonder, do, are they constantly changing ads and names and numbers as they numbers. go along, you know? Probably. You know, you ended up with a three-piece and a two-piece that's propped up by cushions and a tiny back on it. Yeah. So as in, as in, who'd buy that? Is what you're saying? No one would buy that. Yeah. yeah. So it's a, it's an expensive lesson to learn, isn't it? I know. I know. I just don't want it to happen to other people, you know. And what's your advice to other people? They're buying from photographs. Yeah, don't buy from a photograph. As my husband did say to me, you know, you sh- you should never buy a sofa that you sit don't sit on first. He's kind of right, really. I mean, I hate to be the agreeing with yeah. your husband because I want you to feel bad, but if you're buying a bed, lie down on it first, you know. If you're buying yeah. a sofa, sit in it. I've learned an expensive lesson. I oh, know, misfortune. All right, mm-hmm. thanks, Sharon. Take care. Okay, if there's any updates, you. come back to me. Cheers. Take care. Back after the break. The Neil Prendeville Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 0818-104-106. Guarantee you, anyone listening who's uh, running a you know soft furnishing business, whether it's you know whether it's furniture or bedding, what it will say, you're spot on. They'll be saying, I've been hearing these stories for years, and those in the trade have been hearing them as well. They would say, if you're buying a sofa you need to sit on it if you're buying a bed you need to lie on it buyer beware stick to bricks and mortar stores I see the text coming in you know what unfortunately people have also been sold second hand mattresses I hope to God they copped that they were second hand before they lay upon them because you don't want to be sleeping in a second hand mattress you just don't I mean it's unhygienic it's quite disgusting but a lot of the time these mattresses that are being sold as new they arrive wrapped the best of plastic, and they're well wrapped in the plastic. They're second-hand inside it. And they probably have come out of a hotel. And and just think then as to how many different people were sleeping on that mattress, if the mattress that you bought thinking it was new was um, a job lot from a hotel that was either closed down 
or from time to time changing and buying in new mattresses. Company comes along, takes away all the old ones and then sells them online as new, wraps them in plastic and people get caught. Uh, that's the problem, I suppose. Um, I don't think you'll have that really as much, say, in Amazon. Uh, from time to time, you will find something like that and you'll, you can report it and you, you will get your money back every time like that. But the Facebook Messenger and, and done deal... No, I don't think so. Um, anyway, lots of texts. Some lovely cork texts coming in there on horse troughs and dog troughs from last week. I've taken delivery, um, finally, and I want to say thank you to everybody at Middleton Farmer's Market of the most colossal hamper of goodies from Middleton Farmer's Market. I'm going to give this away tomorrow. Um, you would be amazed at the amount of things you can put into a large, large hamper and a good pal of mine. We go back a long, long time. I haven't seen him in a while now, the great Shawnee Griffin. He delivered it this morning and also threw in some lovely delicious bread and baguettes and pate for everybody here at the radio station. So I hope you're well, Shawnee. Um, I haven't seen you in a while, pal. Um, just missed you this morning when you called. So we'll do that tomorrow with that hamper uh, from Middleton Farmer's Market. Uh, last weekend, Seamus was down there. They were celebrating a big anniversary. But back to the phone lines we go. I think John O'Donovan got clipped by an e-scooter. John, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are you? What happened? Because I know the ambulance was called. What happened? I was got number three bus into town and it got off there by the intro office in George's Key there, which is the old multi-channel building. And I walked back till into the bus and I came out from the back of the bus, looked down to my right, obviously the traffic comes up South Terrace and up along George's Key, so it's a one-way system. Yeah, so for and people just, saying walking out from behind the back of a bus is a silly thing to do, it's not, it's one way, traffic exactly. was coming from your yeah. right. Yeah, okay. yeah. and I just stepped out and I didn't know anymore when I was just blowing up into the air and slashed away across the road with a one in an e-scooter flying down, oh, she fell off as well. But I'll be honest with you, she I was going the wrong way on the road, though. The, the, the wrong way, completely. And she, why was she bombing it? I, 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 you know me long term, no, Neil. Yeah. I'm not, it's one thing I'm not as an exaggerator, but I tell you something straight, no, Neil. You're very <laughs> lucky, you know, that you're not going to my removal. Are you serious? I'm serious, like. How the name of God I survived yesterday is beyond me. Somebody was, there was some angel on my shoulder anyway. I got my hand out to hold, to save my head. If my head had hit the pavement, it was all over. You know, I tore the, all the skin and first deep gashes on, on my elbow and everything, all my knuckles. I can't even walk today. And pains all over me like I'm in, in a cruel state today. Who called the ambulance, John? I had to call it myself because she had no English then. I mean, I, I, she was inclined to, I don't know, I was afraid she'd go away then. And I said, you'll have to stay here. I said, the police, I, I, I've called the police. Uh, no English, no understand. And then her boyfriend came along and I said, look, will you explain? You cannot go away. This is a hit and run if you go away. Uh, no understand, no English. Again, so anyway, the ambulance came then and they treated me, but the, the guards came off at the same time. And the guards then they confiscated the scooter. And, um, you know, they, they took my name and address the whole lot and what happened and the same with her and, and her friends. Like, But look, the way I look but at she, it... Right she now, must have got a shock. I mean, you know, it must be... Well, she did, but I mean, I got a bigger shock. Oh, sure, I, I know. I know that, yeah. I, I actually, I actually was like, it was like, you know, the best way to describe it, you know, it was like an airbag, no, you know, the, where the airbag explodes, right? That's, I was, I was her airbag. I actually, she, I cushioned her blow because she hadn't a scratch on her, like... God Not almighty. But I mean, I'd be honest, like, I mean, I'm seriously thanking God or my mother or someone was on my shoulder yesterday because I tell you, it was the nearest to being killed, stone dead, that ever happened to me. And I tell you something, they should never, and it's come up in your program before, Neil, they should never been allowed on the road. 
Never. There's no tax, no insurance, no license, no nothing. They're out the lock there. They're bombing along where people are walking well, and they're passing the lock. Eamon Ryan is okay with all of that. There won't be oh, any yes, insurance. It, there won't be any is. tax. Nothing. Yeah, exactly. Because it, it suits his, green, his, his whole green agenda. Well, I mean, look what happened to me. Where was my green agenda yesterday? Where was my life on you hanging on the thread almost? God almighty. And you're very sore now today. Oh, I can't even walk it down the street like I'm in a anti inflammatory and uh, I get penicillin or because the 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 elbows after getting effect uh, affected and it's after getting you know, it's not yeah. great. But what would happen mm. to her, John, if they took if they Gardy confiscated the e scooter, could she be prosecuted? I presume she will like but but you know the bizarre thing about it and this is coming straight from the hostess motion to gather themselves Neil he said we're confiscating the, the, the horse scooter no he said no but be quite honest you, he said I don't know have we, we even the right to do that so that means the girl don't even understand they the don't legislation know, no because there is no as such legislation it's totally yeah. grey yeah so in other words like I mean it's open season you now and the people are cocking around the country with these scooters you now we'll, we'll likely be killed now in our own streets you now and these people can go around and be impunity. Uh, if you have a car, you have to tax it, you have to have insurance, you have to pay She wasn't intentional, it. though. She didn't, oh, I understand that, you know. but I mean, the thing is, like, she could, shouldn't have been coming down a one-way street. No, well, she shouldn't have been coming down a main artery no. the wrong way. But no, c- could, no. could somebody then take a personal injury claim against, like, let's say if you couldn't work or you couldn't move around or you literally couldn't go outside your front door for months and you broke something, you know, could you take a well, personal I'm- injury? Claim. Well, you'd have, you'd have to lose. I said, if, if my head, when if I say if my head, when, when I got my hand out and my head hit my inner, inner arm, I mean, my head would have crashed off the floor and we wouldn't be having this conversation. I'd be honest, Neil, the best way to describe it, it feels like being hit by a freight train. Amazing. I never know in my life, I never got such a fright. I got palpitations in the ground. The, the ambulance said, are you getting any chest pains? Lucky I didn't, but I couldn't breathe and, and my blood pressure went up. And I, I tell you, it's the biggest fright I ever got in my life. Travelling the wrong way down George's yeah. Key. And I would implore people out there, for God's sake, be careful of these people out there, because they're alarmed to themselves. They're bombing along footpaths, they're bombing along roads. They don't care about anyone or anything. All right, look after yourself. Hope you recover. Thanks, Neil. Appreciate it. Cheers. John O'Donovan on uh, the South Terrace yesterday. It is an incredibly grey area, and the latest reading up on it I did is that they're not going to need a licence. They're not going to need insurance. They're not going to be paying any road tax or anything like that because they are climate-friendly, and they will be encouraged more and more upon our roads. I mean, we have issues already as it is, and God knows we've been talking about Deliveroo and Just Eats and all sorts of people on bikes and electric bikes and... Uh, power-assisted bikes. Um, incidentally, this is an interesting one from the Echo on Friday where the City Fire Brigade responded to a hazardous material incident in the city. Hazardous material on the South, Link, South Ring Road between Kinsale Road and Carrigaline Junction about 7 o'clock. I was reading it from the Echo. It had to do with uh, a chemical spillage on the stretcher road. I don't know how bad it was or what kind of impact it could have had on people, but Victor Shine, who's the second fire officer of the City Fire Brigade, joins me. Victor, good morning. Hang on a second, let me get my phone lines right. There you are, Victor. Morning to you. What, what, when you say chemical spillage, you know what it was? Good morning, Neil. Um, it's a chemical unidentified at the moment. We have a crew out there uh, in the process of identifying uh, the type of chemical that has come from the back of a truck. And uh, it just takes a, a little bit of time to, um, to identify the exact... But it's deemed, it was deemed uh, as hazardous, was it? Yes, so there's a, approximately 100 metres of the chemical, a blue chemical, and that's the only information we have on it. Um, no containers, no labels, and that makes it more challenging for us to identify. So we follow um, procedures. We identify whether it's an alkali or, 
or an acid and so on, to the type of chemical, we then neutralize it, we'll go through the process. But this is the second one though, isn't it? Yes, but it's not as substantial as the first one um, on Friday. So just to to clear it up, the hazardous material incident on the South Ring was a chemical spillage. The second one is the Bishopstown Wilton area by Corraheen. Correct, yes. Totally different incidents and totally different quantities involved. So um, the South Link Road was a Same company, do you know? Um... I don't believe so. Okay. Um, I'm not going, yeah, I don't believe it is the same company. Um, and this is uh, came from the back of a truck, maybe a waste-type truck. So, again, we're investigating that at the moment between the Guardian and ourselves. So, um, but at the moment, we have just an area cordoned off, and uh, we're in the process of identifying the chemical, neutralizing the chemical, and recovering the material from the road. Does, that happen, the does that happen very often, or is it purely coincidentally of two in the same matter of days? It's uh, it's a bit coincidental to have two road-type incidents in a, such a short period of time, but we would handle, you know, chemical incidents on a regular enough basis, but, you know, um, from small to very large, but that's the nature of our business. It is, I know, but the worry would be if it were to splash on pedestrians or something, I suppose, isn't it? Exactly, and that's why we have to identify and neutralise very quickly, and... That's the, one of the main reasons we close off stretches of road so that you don't have splashing or contamination of uh, motorists or cyclists yeah. or yeah. pedestrians and so on. Cyclists so. as well, of course. So is the traffic backed up now and roads closed around Bishopstown, Wilton and Curraheen, Melbourne roads, things there, like that? There will be some restrictions on that area. I would believe it's going to be just for a very short period of time due to the small quantity of chemical involved in this uh, situation or this incident. And, um, you know, it'll be... It'll be sorted very quickly. Okay, thanks for the update. Appreciate it, as always. Victor Shine, second fire officer, Cork City Fire Brigade. Now, the first one, of course, was down around, as I said, the Kinsale Road roundabout, you know, the junction of the Cargoline Junction there, um, you know, areas like that in the South Ring. Um, and that was on Friday, I believe. And the other one then was this morning in the Bishopstown Wilton area. Proceed with caution. Get on the phone. Elton John tickets right across the week. Part of the massive big farewell Yellow Brick Road. The final tour, and he plays Parky Cueve, of course, on Friday, July 1st. 0818104106. Saw him once, actually twice, I think, at least once, maybe twice, at the Marquee. Incredible gig setting the Marquee. By virtue of its size, it's absolutely wonderful. you got 5,000 people, maybe a little bit more max. So it's a fabulous setting. I mean, I'm sure that Elton John is going to put on an absolute stormer at Parky Cueve, but there could be upwards of 45,000, 50,000 at that one. He just is a massive stage presence, and if you've never seen them and you're going, you are in for one heck of a gig. Lots of different texts. I'll come back to them in the morning because I'll run out of time otherwise. But I loved all of the response to Gene Kerrigan, Joe Kerrigan's piece in the Echo with regards to horse troughs. I'm surprised you didn't know when you're mentioning the various horse troughs that there's a trough in Blackpool having grown up around there. There's a trough on the cross by Boyle Sport. You're absolutely right. Some things just slip out of my brain. I don't remember everything. I know you moved on with the more important matters, but I heard you speaking earlier about horse troughs. I'd never move on from a bit of Cork nostalgia, uh, Francis. But I, Francis, I remember one in Douglas Street outside where the Capwell Post Office was. That was about 55 years ago. I used to go shopping with my nan. It's still there. It's still there. 
Um, and then there were other ones. Lovely, lovely stories. There are five horse troughs right across Cork, says Thomas Mulcahy. One on the Lower Road, one in St. Luke's, one on Douglas Street, one on Lancaster Quay. There's also three dog troughs, one on Patrick Street, one by the courthouse, and a third at St. Mary's Church. There is a bird trough also outside the courthouse. Well done, Thomas Mulcahy. You know your city, and you have great powers of observation, so fair play to you. Well, if you know your city, um, you will know where you should and shouldn't be parking. You might recall a conversation I had some months ago with Jerika, who got clamped down on Kennedy Key. It's the most expensive cup of coffee you ever had at the Marina Market came back to find that APCOA had put a clamp on his car. There were loads of other cars around his incident, incidentally, that were not clamped, and it sounded like bad form to me. He appealed it by all accounts. Jerika, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Not only did you appeal it against uh, City Hall, was it, or the Port of Cork? Um, so the first appeal went straight to, to the company, to APCOA, they yeah. uh, rejected the appeal. They rejected course. it, as APCOA do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. then afterwards I followed up with, uh, I think it's called National Transport Authority or, or something like that. The NTA, uh, yeah. Yeah, so I followed up we, with them. I, I've sent them all, all the necessary things, so uh, description, pictures, video. And, yeah, they came back and said it's uh, successful. <laughs> so... So you get your money back, do you? Uh, I should, yeah, yeah. Within, I suppose, 10 days or so. Why did they be. say, I mean, you were illegally parked, so why did they say, how much was the fine? I think it's 150 or so, yeah. Okay, so why did they say that they accepted your appeal and, uh, and said that um, they'd give you the money back? Um, there was no like explicit explanation, and to be honest, I don't care that much uh, because <laughs> it's successful, you know. <laughs> so. But I, I suppose, you know, according to, to what they could see, it wasn't really, you know, fair and square. Yeah, so Because he didn't have enough clamps in the van to clamp everybody, so he just kind of clamped a few and left the others go. So that was deemed to be not fair to all concerned. I suppose that's it. I suppose that's it. So I, I think that they could see, you know, what, what, was, the, what was going on. Okay, so we know now that there is a clamping appeals officer. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. I, I managed to find that email. I don't know how. <laughs> it was quite quite tough. Uh, but I, I think I, I sent an email first to, to the kind of general email address that they have. Yeah, the email address is clampingregulation at nationaltransport.ie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be darned. So they then get on to APCOA who have been notified and have been requested to refund you the appropriate amount. That's correct, yeah, yeah. Okay, and you're waiting for that to hit your bank account? Yeah, but hopefully soon. And um, I think it's, it's a big win for all of us who are dealing with some you know, daily uh, issues or, or, you know, things that well, we can't really... Yeah. Fair play, you got your money back. You didn't give up on it. You didn't give up on matters. Paid off in the end. Will you let me know when the money hits your bank account? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Until the very end, yeah. And you're still not, you're not parking down in Kennedy Key anymore, though, are you? No, I haven't been there since, so... <laughs> okay. Fair play to you. It's great to go back on the story. Thanks, Jerika. Well done. You won your appeal. Congratulations. 
Thanks a lot. Thanks Talking a lot. about Have all nice things day. Cork, take care of yourself. The Middleton's Farmer's Market hamper that I'm going to be giving away on air tomorrow has uh, Michelle's Bakery gluten-free treats in it, Ballymaloo pesto and spiced apple chutney, Volcano wood-fired pizza sauce, Ard Salas goat's cheese, Little Irish Apples apple juice our beautiful bread loads of it I'm a slave for the bread myself uh, loaves of sourdough and baguettes badger and dodo coffee Mary O'Connell's blackcurrant jam fantastic coffee cake fresh fruit and veg Irish apple cider vinegar smoked gobine cheese Frank Hederman's pate smoked Irish salmon smoked Irish mackerel smoked Irish country butter that wouldn't the smoked Irish country butter be lovely on the Arbutus sourdough olives bite-sized brownies and lots of velo coffee so we have all those to give away on the program tomorrow and thank you to uh, all of the producers down at Middleton's Farmer's Market for providing do appreciate it now one final thing with regards to the cost of living and the price of things. Um, thank you to Liam. I might have a chat with him tomorrow when I get on the air and chat tomorrow with him. But you know what we were saying? It would be cheaper to go and rent and go and watch a Bruce Springsteen concert, fly to Rome, book into a hotel in Rome, Rome, see the concert in Rome, rather than pay the Irish prices. Nothing surprises you. He did some research into car rental prices in Ireland on the 7th day of June uh, and uh, all priced on the same comparison site. And he, in every case, he went for the cheapest option available. And the period of rental was for seven days. So talk about it being cheaper overseas. So the same kind of car, same rental period, all on the same rental site would show the Cork price at Cork Airport at €1,003.96, whereas in Madrid, it would be €204, right? Uh, Athens, €302. Warsaw, if you were heading over there, €160. Bear in mind now, Cork Airport, it's €1,003. Dublin Airport, it's €1,003 as well. And all of the other prices, apart from Cork and Dublin Airport, are much, much lower by comparison. So it leads me to think that if it were possible, you'd be better off going to Belfast to rent a car and then coming down to the Republic and driving it. €376 in Belfast Airport, um, €1,003 in Dublin and Cork Airport. I can't understand why you would think that other countries and other airports coming through stock shortages because of COVID where they sold off their fleets will be having the very same problems as we're having here but how come in spite of this being you know kind of a, almost like a global or European recession that's affecting us all that it's our costs are three times higher than other airports around Europe it makes no sense hope I have a chance to talk to Liam on this because he says basically if you want a driving holiday in the Republic of Ireland people should fly into Belfast hire the car there at the airport and take the road south, you will save yourself at least €500 Euro and maybe even more. Our lines will stay open on 0818104106. You can text 0868104106 and we'll pick it up in the morning. Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.